0: Welcome to tn and number five. We are the Lit Wall Flowers. I'm Wendy Wu. And I'm Tony Rose. Wow. So much is happening. So many updates, so many things. So, for this week, our Buzzy Updates is a little bit lengthy, but we'll try to go through them as fast as we can. <laughs> um, first, last Sunday, we were blessed with uh, a Julia Quinn and Lady Danbury interview on Fane. Lots of fun. Lady Jamboree ended up reading a little excerpt from It's In His Kiss because the book that is made up in that book is coming out as a graphic novel this summer and so um, it was really exciting to see that. Uh, Miss Butterworth and the Mad Baron a couple of you guys have asked so I'm just going to clarify it. What the fuck is this? and um basically it's in a couple books in the julia quinn world and um it's so silly it's so funny it's so crazy and actually multiple multiple people have asked her to um write the actual book out like can you make this an actual book but it's so it's literally so silly like the mom gets pecked to death by a pigeon um the heroine is literally hanging off cliffs every end of the um, chapter. So it's just it was just to be funny. And uh, so the best way to do that was she partnered up with her sister, Violet Charles. They're releasing their, their graphic novel this summer. So be on the lookout for that. They just did a cover reveal. It's gorgeous. Violet Charles is so talented. And um, she is taking commission. So definitely hit her up at Violet Charles Comics. If you are looking for a fun commission, she's just so amazing to work with. So hit her up if you're looking for something fun, good gift for yourself or for someone to give away. Um, the costume designer, Ellen, who did all of the costumes on Bridgerton, was on a live with FIDM talking all things costuming, decision making, things like that. They took live Q&As. It was very fascinating. Um, there were a lot of people that were not happy with the costuming, but I think it's gorgeous. I loved it. It was a lot of fun, um, to hear her decision-making and things like that. And we do get a little bit more about, um, Simon's mom's brooch that he wears. So I really liked that. It is, as we mentioned last week, emerald encrusted, full of diamonds. It, you know, and he wore it everywhere as a remembrance of his mom. And what they wanted that to represent is that she rich she is rich 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 (laughs) and that she had a really refined taste so um yeah i love i love that she talked about that and basically also you know going back to how much money the hastings line has yeah so that was that was kind of cool shauna Lynn announced that They have teamed up with iHeartRadio and are coming out with a Bridgerton podcast, which premieres February 18th. We're super excited about that. It's going to be super fun. Lady Danbury, again, is going to be a guest. There's going to be other set set designers, other people... That were involved with the production. Julia Quinn is a guest on it, all these things. So it sounds like everything's already actually recorded. Uh-huh. And then it's going to be coming out as of February 18th. And we'll see what the frequency is once that comes out. Pretty excited about that. We love anything that has the inside scoops,
1: especially from those we don't hear about or yeah. hear from a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: They got secrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we love secrets.
0: A little stalkerish, but just so that everyone is kind of seeing where everyone is at. Um, the actress that plays Daphne uh, was seen returning to the UK in her Daphne color hair. So she's naturally blonde, or she usually wears her hair blonde, but. She's back in the Daphne Color hair. Reggie Jean Page was um, on the Graham Norton show, so he's already back in the UK as well, too. Very interesting, really exciting, because Tony mentioned that maybe they can make it happen if they all just quarantine together. So if they're already all in the UK trying to quarantine before filming, amazing. I I, I love that.
1: I mean, it works for the Great British Bake Off, so...
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, (laughs) That's super exciting. Um julia quinn was live on barnes noble along with eloise james sophie jordan and um you know she kind of dropped the hint that other books have been picked up for film so we're very excited to see is it her books because she said it's top secret and she can't talk about it is it other historical romances what is it? Who knows? We'll see. We're really excited to see that. We got some hints in the comments, and, you know, it is premature, so we won't put it out there yet. But <laughs> it'll be really fun if we get more Regency historical romance period dramas. Oh, yeah. It'll be yeah. so cool. Especially I- if there are favorites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Julia Quinn was on the Today Show giving recommendations of which books to read. They only gave her five minutes, which, you know, we know Julia Quinn loves to gosh about books and and everything like that so she kind of got cut off so she put the rest of the recommendations on her instagram nicola penelope herself what hinted yesterday which was thursday the february 11th that she was like just letting you guys know someone had asked her when are you going to start filming season two and she basically said I'm not allowed to say anything about that but I will tell you I'm going in for a fitting tomorrow oh I know and then early this morning she posted a photo full of embellishments on a table with paper with like with like pins and like um, safety pins and hair pins all kinds of like frill but it was in black and white so you can't tell what colors they are we all know it's yellow don't play <laughs> and then she also afterwards posted Hosts kind of like a very small snippet of her eye. and She's giving and us a lover's eye. She's giving us a lover eye and a different hairstyle. Still with the curl, but the Smoothed curl. Smoothed out. Yeah. Smoothed out. So also during the FIDM conversation, she said that they tried very hard to make Penelope 50 years old so we have discussed before we're kind of because the timelines have changed a little bit we were kind of like wondering where everyone was with age and Ellen said 15 for Penelope so that is that's pretty young super young and that's why they gave her those hairstyles and they gave her a certain look so that they can mature her as the seasons go on so we are getting our first glimpse of a different penelope because if we remember from book one into book two she loses two stones which is roughly about 30 pounds and she stops having blemishes on her face
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, my God. Changing your hair is everything.
0: I mean, look at us girls. We break up with a guy and we're like, cut our hair. You know, like I went through a thing where um, I got cheated on and I had parrot hair for like a year. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, no. I was like, I'm uh, You think I'm crazy? I'm gonna be crazy, you know. <laughs> Those are
1: guys too. You tell them um, grow a beard, looks so different. It's like yeah.
0: that, that nerd.
1: He was, I think he, he went viral. He's like, my barber said to grow a beard. He grew a beard. He looks so, so fun. good.
0: So you know, like they they used to make fun of like, women who wear too much makeup. I'm like, Mm -hmm. and then they were like, fuck you guys. You guys do the same thing. You grow out a beard, and you grow out a mustache, and you trick us ladies, too, because when you (laughs) shave that off, that ain't the the same. So I love that. I love that, love that, love that. But bless her. She's always the one spilling the tea. She's always the one giving us the first sneak peek. Um, Although the actor that plays benedict also did mention that he's already in for fittings yes kvh casting had put on their website that um casting is closed and that bridgerton is in production some people said that that's actually old that that's been there the whole time some people said that it was on there and then they closed and then it was gone and then now it's back on there so um not sure but if that is that's really really exciting The actor that plays Anthony has been doing interviews because, you know, the season is about to be about him. And um, he he said his friends are asking him, like, are you ready for for a spoon scene? (laughs) Like, you know, like and he's like, he's like, oh, God, that is going to happen. He's like, I hope I get a fork or maybe a knife, you know, like (laughs) he's so funny and yeah, and everyone is a little worried that Daphne and Simon will not be back next season. But multiple times, Julia Quinn and um, Chris, Chris Van Dusen was like, they're going to be back. They're always going to be a Bridgerton. And let me tell you, if they just stay true to the books alone, we at least will get them for the most important scene, which is Paul Mall. Yeah. So, so we at least get that. And the other thing as well, too, is Julia Quinn was like as meddling as Anthony was with Daphne, it would only be right that Daphne gets a medal with Anthony. I don't know if she's hinting. I don't know if she's, you know, like saying whatever. But it's very interesting that she had said that. That's going to be fun, though. I love it. I love it. Oh. I love it, but I just love that that Anthony's friends are like, "You ready for to be like the next reggae? Are you ready for a spoon scene, you know, and a forearm scene, like you know?" But then again, when the heroine
1: and Daphne met at Palm Mall, they like hit it off. Yeah, that's why. I, oh, it's so
0: good! It's gonna be even more. Yeah. So at the very least, we're gonna get them for Palm Mall. At mm. the very very least, so they'll be back for how much. I don't know. Someone was like, "If they're not in at least half of the episodes, (laughs) I I like." She was like, "I'm going on strike." And then I was like, "Oh, like so, like you want to see see them in at least four episodes?" She's like, "Oh, I said that wrong." She's like, "Half of the episode (laughs) episode is about them," and I was like, "I was like, oh my god." (laughs) I mean, sure, I, I get that. But she was like, "Sorry, I wrote that wrong." I was like, "Okay, got it." But um, yeah, I love it. I love, 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 love it. And last but definitely not least, super crazy if you guys are wa- um, have been watching our YouTube channels, we said hopefully we can get all Julia Quinn's um, series, all eight books of all eight siblings onto the New York Times bestselling list. Guys, as of this week, she has five, five books are on the New York Times bestselling top 15, not love that who knows what that whole list looks like I don't know how to look for it but top 15 five of them are on there already so The Duke and I is at number 2 The Viscount Who Loved Me is number 3 An Offer from a Gentleman finally made it into the bestsellers list and um, it is in at number 7 Romancing Mr. Bridgerton is at number 9 and premiering at number 15 when he was wicked it's the first week in so oh, I'm people thinking, are going through it fast. Huh? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. To Sir Philip with Love is probably like on on the thing. And also, I think that if there wasn't a book shortage, she would fill the top fifteen for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, if there wasn't a book shortage, but right now there is a huge book shortage. If you look on Amazon, you won't get these books till end of March. If you look on University Bookstore, which is the bookstore, any bookstore that Julia Quinn supports, everything is completely sold out until, unless it's The Duke and I. So. It's crazy.
1: Even the books that are not Bridgerton, but they're pre-Bridgerton or have Bridgerton in them, they're like sold out too. Everything's
0: gone. It's crazy. And I am so here for it.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love it so, so, so,
0: so so much. Good for her. Good for everybody. Good for everyone in the romance community. Yes. (laughs) All right. You're ready to go into episode four in Affair of Honor?
1: Yes. All right. This episode was directed by Sherry Folkson, who is a British film and television director that has worked on American Horror Story, Oh Doctor Who, which is long time running, so I'm not sure which season in the forever seasons they've been on, also American series Ugly Betty, and Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, and then of course, Bridgerton. This episode was written by Abby McDonald, who has worked on Pix, or It Didn't Happen, and Bestseller. And then, of course, Bridgerton. Yes. The description of the story is, Daphne receives a stunning gift from Prince Friedrich, but soon courts scandal at a ball. Eloise searches for clues to Lady Whistledown's identity. And we open the scene with chattering and we see this beautiful golden white ceiling yeah. and this gorgeous chandelier and Daphne and Violet are walking into court. So we're just gonna assume it's St. James again. Yeah. Where they had the debutante ceremony. Yeah. Just a different
0: ballroom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the guests are conversing. Daphne and Violet they walk in Daphne with a smile on her face and she looks so renewed with confidence yeah. from what happened last episode Yeah, while she is looking around she's just smiling looking up, she's not looking down anything like that mm-hmm. um, kind of like eyes on the prize and then they're both acknowledging other guests with nods and we hear dialogue in the background wondering if Daphne is the incomparable who captured the prince's eye a man in this brocade, embroidered dark, dark coat, like comments to a tiaraed woman, a mere wisp of young lady and a commoner at that. Yeah. Then smiles to Fucking Daphne hair. and Violet. Yeah. And be- when they say commoner, it's because they're not royalty. Yeah, Although they're, they're not of royalty. <laughs> yeah. They are of the aristocracy, um, but she's just the daughter of the of a viscount and. That's a different level from actual royalty. So she's considered a commoner. And then Violet says, everyone seems to have quite an opinion. Then she laughs. Yeah. And then both of them are like just getting these looks. Yeah. everyone just looking at them, like wondering. How are they doing here? As they're making their way to the important very very important dessert table yes
0: oh my god it looks so good i know
1: i wanted the whole pineapple
0: oh, violet was a mood man yes
1: yeah, she had hungry eyes yeah and she was just looking around for tattletailers before picking up a little morsel and uh, because you have to wait for the host to start eating before you can yeah but at the same time i mean because they're just commoners and nobody's nobody's watching them <laughs> that's true
0: so, hmm. Not only that, she was saying, no one's looking at me because everyone's yes. looking at Daphne.
1: On, yes, yes. yeah. Of course, Daphne is going Mama Violet not to eat it because they are at court. But yeah. Then Violet notices that Daphne looks strained and she has been for a few days. Daphne has much on her mind. Of course, last episode, Simon broke their agreement. She cried she decided to act and look like the diamond of the season and finally gave the prince the attention he wanted
0: yeah and what everyone else seemed to want right the queen wanted and everyone's like oh she's she's an incomparable she can have any man that she wants and she's like you right like Reggae said in that promo she's going to be all the diamonds she she she, <laughs> she all the water all the diamonds she walked down the stairs and she said you know so <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then we hear the doors opening. Violet jerks because she's wondering if somebody is looking at her. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Queen Charlotte and her esteemed nephew, Prince Friedrich of Prussia, are announced. And they're walking into the room. While regal music is playing, Daphne starts walking towards them. And clearly, Daphne and Violet are the main guests. Right. And they bow as everyone else bows to the royals. Then the prince...
0: Looks elated and besotted, I guess. Yeah, he does. I mean, he was he was always, he didn't eat, whether he was next to Cressida, in front of Cressida, whatever, they're in the middle of conversation. Daphne walks by and he's like, oh, hello. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, scroll. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm sorry. You know, and that's why even when they were walking in the part when they're promenading and in the last episode and Violet was like, you know, hopefully this will get Lady Cowper off of our back, mm-hmm. and then Lady Danbury notices that the prince is open mouthed staring at Daphne while she's walking by, and she's like, "Perhaps not," because she <laughs> knows
1: she knows where the eyes are going anyway. Yeah. Then, the prince tells Miss Bridgerton how happy he is that she accepts his invitation to the palace. Daphne is flattered, and the prince says, "I cannot help it. You are perfection itself." Yeah. And compliments will get you anywhere. But does it work on Daphne? We'll see. Not particularly. (laughs) And then the queen abruptly tells the prince to give Daphne his gift for her. Um, Prince Friedrich, his eyes are like, slow your roll. I want to talk to her.
0: Whoa, I'm still complimenting her. I need to tell her her dress is exquisite. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Which he does later on. (laughs) Yes, yes. But, of course, you can't
1: say that to the Queen. And then a box opens. The guests are looking and questioning what could it be. Everyone gasps, and we hear murmuring when Prince Friedrich lifts up the gorgeous diamonds on filigree necklace.
0: God damn. I'm
1: like, I wonder how
0: much that costs nowadays. uh, To me, I was like, oh, that looks heavy. It does. It It looks super heavy. heavy. Like... I have like the world's tiniest necklace on, and sometimes I'm like, so it's choking me. It's pulling me. Yeah, I know, and I can't even imagine just all that diamond dripping from your neck. <laughs> it, like, you can hear it while Blink, he's putting bling, it bling, on. Bling. Yeah! <laughs> like, <laughs> bling bling, bitch. Like, that's what it's, like screaming.
1: Jeez. Prince Friedrich walks behind Daphne to put on the necklace, and we see the prince's finger lightly touching Daphne's neck. While putting on the necklace, and slow piano music starts playing. The caption describes it as mournful. I'm like, okay. Well, I guess, yeah, I can see that. And then we see a close up of Daphne's face, and the camera shifts, and she glances to her left, and we find her fantasizing about Simon, putting on the necklace, grazing his fingers on her neck. Yeah. Daphne touches the necklace. She gasps in realization and abruptly turns around to face the prince instead, who questions if she's. Are you okay, well. boo? <laughs> and she answers like shakily, God. and she's like, "Oh, perfectly well, of course," while trying to like thank the prince for the quite well, not gorgeous, not <laughs> yeah. perfect, not like. But I think
0: that's that's what makes the prince like her more, right? Is that she's humble. She's humble. She's not like like. Can you imagine if Cressida got that? You know, like she probably asked for more. Yeah, she's like, that's it. Where's my matching ring? You know, but but um, something that we kind of missed on the last episode is that Cressida's hair was purposely made into a crown. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh! Because she, she yes. thought she was already going to be a princess. Yeah, this bitch, sit down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> queen Charlotte is pleased and states that Daphne will make a lovely princess. And the same guy who said, "Oh, she's a commoner," yeah. agrees with the uh, with, with the queen. The queen
0: oh, and
1: I mean, or else, like what? Off with your head! <laughs> off with his head! <laughs> And then the prince just keeps staring at Daphne, so she's hiding what she's she, like, what yeah. she just did, fantasizing yeah. about somebody else. Yeah,
0: she's he's so infatuated with her. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't even see anything. No, right? Like, the, like dead ass. Believe, love is blind. Like, yeah. love is blind. But then he loves. See that this is kind of what I noticed as well too, is um, in other books that we've read when the girls are in essentially really bad moods and because the guy that they actually love is you know left them Mm -hmm. Um, and they're really drawn and they're really quiet the other suitors are like oh hey because they think they're docile and like mysterious mysterious, but really they are nursing a broken ass heart you know but then like the men are like oh I like this so I think that's exactly (laughs) what's kind of happening she was very quiet she's demure you know um, and he loved it
1: yeah well that's what she's supposed to kind be, of be right, right but not she, like what we see with her and simon, simon.
0: right which is her real self yes. yeah for sure Aww.
1: and then we see the bridgerton tree and it goes into lady whistledown speaking and says in a town filled with ambitious mamas and fortune hunting gentlemen we ha- then we, we see the bridgerton carriage going towards the bridgerton house marrying above one station is an art form indeed And you see Daphne and Violet are home, and Violet has this look like there's something wrong with Daphne, and Daphne walks towards... Mother knows. Yes, yes. Gregory playing with marbles and the stairs with her worry face on. And Lady Whistledown says, But Miss Daphne Bridgerton's advance from future duchess to possible princess is an achievement that even this jaded author must applaud. And then we see Hyacinth looking over Cut. the railing, excited. Mm-hmm. She walks to, down the stairs and asks Daphne, like, these questions if she's going to be the sister of a princess. <laughs> and then Daphne just tells Hyacinth to calm herself because she's not engaged yet. Daphne's eyes are kind of looking, like, so far away
0: yeah, in her
1: thoughts wherever yeah. she needs to go to think, and... But she still continues to answer Hyacinth's questions about wearing crowns, learning Prussian. And Daphne even corrects Hyacinth that they speak German in Prussia and states only that if they get engaged, if, big if, then she'll probably have to learn the language. Yeah,
0: and I I love that it already shows Hyacinth's tenacity Mm. and how she don't know how to let shit go. (laughs) Like, at all. Like, even all the way when she goes up to the room and she's like, like, shouldn't she be with your governess? She's like, yes, but my governess has the same questions! Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> answer them! <laughs> I know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, maybe um, Lady Whistledown is Hyacinth because the way she is in this episode. Yeah. But then again, she's still young. She's yeah. too young. There's questions that she can't be asking or shouldn't be asking. I
0: mean, if you've read the books all the way up to when Lady Whistledown is revealed, people do suspect Hyacinth as well, too, so... They're just keeping true to the story, I love <laughs> yeah. it.
1: Daphne is in her room, away from Hyacinth. Um, she turns and leans on her closed door to sigh deeply, as she, as if she was trying to hold, hold on to like her composure. Yeah, like she just wanted to get up into her room and just be there alone and to just think about what happened at court. Because mm-hmm. uh, um, then, as a gently bred woman looking for a husband. By no means the user, you know, you don't lose your composure anywhere. So she was yeah. just holding everything in all of her feelings.
0: Yeah, and back then, you don't get gifts unless you're married yeah. from another man. And this one was extravagant. Yeah, men and women don't exchange gifts, not even during Christmas. Nothing, and even in the books, like something sometimes when it's like a pair of gloves like women still won't accept it because there's like you cannot buy this for me and this guy just dropped a billion pounds worth of diamonds (laughs) onto her neck and so that is like a very large declaration and it's so opposite from everything that simon was has been doing right simon and her have just been easygoing, and you know and this guy is like trying his trying so hard and you know like oh you're the diamond of the first water let me let me let me grace your neck with a bunch of diamonds of the first water you know (laughs) and and she's having a hard time like because yeah it's a lot especially like if you're nursing like a broken broken heart heart. you know like we've discussed this before it's like on our other podcast but it's just kind of like you don't care to see nobody like, she did that to piss him all, to piss Simon off and to piss everybody off because she's like, I'll show y'all Diamond in the First Water, but then now she's dealing with the repercussions and she's like, eh, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is what I want. Don't feel so good. No, yeah, because even when she passed by Gregory, she didn't even give him a, a second glance. She just like, he was playing marbles all over the floor. She just walked right over them. I need to get upstairs. Uh, yeah, I need to get into my room where there's privacy away from the 10 million people that live in this house.
1: And then we have Lady Whistledown saying, Though this author cannot dismiss the Duke of Hastings quite so soon, he may have let the diamond slip through his fingers for now. But I wager he is not a man to ever hide from a fight. And we have Daphne looking in the mirror, touching her diamond necklace, looking overwhelmed. Super. But this also like foreshadows what's going to happen. Yes. yes. Nice. Then we go into the gym where we see Simon shirtless and aggressively punching a punching bag. Yeah. Well, then Alice Monrick walks in and they're just teasing him, wondering if the bag has a German accent. (laughs) (laughs) And then Simon wonders if today he'll be boxing or he's going to be in a comedy exhibition. Rude.
0: And it's, it's funny that Lady Whistledown says that is that's the Duke of Hastings will never hide from a fight. Because if we go back to episode two, that's the Latin conjugation that he had, right? Is to fight. Yes, yes. And, and that he would, you know, he's taught at a young age about that. So
1: Fight for what you want. Yep.
0: Fight for what's right, too. And, and it also means to struggle. And that's what he's doing right now. He's struggling. He loves this girl. You could see that by episode two. Yes. That he's, like, falling in love with her, but he made this stupid vow to his father that he means to keep. Stupidly means to keep.
1: (laughs) And then he apologizes because he's leaving London that afternoon and his business is concluded. And then Strong Alice, she speaks up.
0: uh, (laughs) Her
1: and Will explain the gravity of the match. It's the biggest match of his career. They need the Duke's support to be there. Vouch for Will, who is the unfavored winner. Will says his smart friends, Simon's smart friends, will wager on him if they see the Duke supporting him. So he needs him to be there. And Simon doesn't realize how much influence he has on the ton. Uh, But but Will sees it. He goes, they follow him. Yeah. Especially because he's he's a a Duke.
0: Yeah. And I'm fine on it. <laughs> Jeez.
1: And then Alice goes after Duke. She's telling Will to like just pummel and punch the self-pity out of assignment <laughs> Will just pleads not to miss the match and Alice observantly says he wants to miss seeing Daphne and the Prince Friedrich together. And then of course they're teasing. Will agrees. And the Duke just like kinda takes it. And you can see, like, the closeness that they all have. That's yeah. what I like about this. Yeah. You're teasing a duke, and he's just taking the whole thing. He's just quiet about it. And it's so weird because he's like, I have no friends. Yeah. Will's like, you're smart friends, and like, I have no friends. This is your friend right, right here. Right in
0: front of you, right.
1: And then Simon mentions that their devotion of gossip is found in Lady Whistle Down. Alice replies that they are devoted to providing food for their children. So maybe yeah. help them out. And get more viewers in order to fatten their purses. And Will looks at her stunned and amused for what she just told Simon and says, what, you don't love me for my subtlety? And Simon just continues getting dressed and he just sighs knowing that he will probably stay.
0: Right. And Will's just like, you right. Yeah, I didn't. Yep. And we (laughs) always say this, whatever kind of crazy and, and whatever kind of personality quirks or anything that you might have, the person that belongs in your life is going to subscribe to that, paying premium costs. Yeah.
1: And then we go into the Featherington house. Gross. We see an older man's face Ugh. with, like, these different, like, lip expressions going on. And he's staring at Marina's face. All I can think about is when
0: moves. they what? say jowls. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, His neck. I, oh, gosh. Barf.
1: <laughs> How it wiggles when he's looking around yeah. Marina's body. <laughs> he's probably just looking for like childbearing hips and marina is just like looking directly at him as a debutante you you're usually supposed to look down in no way yeah but she just doesn't give an ounce she's just quiet and then she shakes her head a bit looking like just irritated yeah like i don't want to be here but like this is life (laughs)
0: yeah
1: and then Lady Featherington comments on Marina's accomplishments. Marina turns and she's looking at her like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't do need to work. I don't play the piano forte. That's what I saw. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but at the same time. And, and you don't know because you locked me in my room
0: all fucking day. <laughs> you don't know what my accomplishments are. She's like looking at Lady
1: Featherington like, like, just stop. Yeah. Stop telling him more about me. So he's, he's not interested. Right then marina wonders if she heard correctly that the gentleman wants to see her smile her teeth and he wonders if she's like simple-minded <laughs> crazy man but i mean that's such a weird 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 request i mean the only thing is to do what marina said right. i beg your pardon uh, one more time i'm yeah. sorry and uh, but lady featherington playfully assures the gentleman that she's not simple-minded then we find out that he's lord Rutledge. Marina strains to show her teeth without right. looking like she's smiling.
0: It's like So awkward.
1: But then imagine if she actually did smile, Lord Rutledge will probably love her more. Yeah, true. Then he says, you can tell a lot from a person's mouth and informs them while tapping his soldiers' teeth. And then in early dentistry they did get their teeth from dead soldiers. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Um and Marina she's just like ew. Nerf. <laughs> And then Lord Rutledge continues to inspect Marina's body, and basically says that they'll go on a date to see if they if she behaves well. Ugh. And of course, Lady Featherington agrees, and they mention that they'll be at the ball, the Trowbridge
0: ball. Did you squeal when she said that? When yeah, she of was course. like the Trowbridge ball, yeah. I was like, oh,
1: "It's happening!" Yeah, boobs. Yeah, today. <laughs> Lord Redledge gives a farewell to Lord Featherington, who's reading the newspaper. And once he leaves, Marina quickly turns to Lady Featherington, and she's like,
0: "Seriously?" So Marina she is just has like, suitors. "Yeah." Marina's just kind of like, what "The hell!" Like we've had we've had suitors come and call on me all week. Like, what? The, why do I need to entertain this teeth-staring human? And she was like, "You have suitors. You do not have any proposals." And um, and this guy just needs an heir. And then Marina
1: is, like, probably three months along because she makes a comment that she needs yeah. to be have, like, this precious little thing in six months.
0: I like that they keep doing that because it kind of lets us know how far along things have gone, you yes. know? Yes,
1: and how, like, grave the situation is, right. too, right? Right, right, And then Marina huffs and walks through Prudence and Philippa. Philippa, she's like, ah, she pushed me! And Prudence is like, no, she pushed me, and then she pushes Philippa.
0: <laughs> They're so funny. The
1: two of them together. yeah. And then Marina is frustrated and she just shakes her head, walks up the stairs, and kind of ignores Pen.
0: Yeah. And Pen
1: is like, Oh, Marina, do you need me to stay home? Like, you know, keep her yeah, company and just stuff? She shakes but her head. Yes. At least she did that. Mm. Penelope like, has such a pure heart. She's always right about her. Yeah. Especially, I think, because then she understands, like, Penelope is a different one and Marina is a different one, too. That's yeah. why they're so close in this series. Right. And then. We go back to the drawing room, Lady Featherington pleads with Lord Featherington, like, why can't we just send her back to the country? She has a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do it. And he's like, the matter is not up for discussion. Yeah. Which is not an answer, it's just really a directive. But, like, we were like, what is he hiding then? What's going on? There needs to be more. Right. And then the footman announces the caller, it's Mr. Albion Fitch, who waddles in. <laughs> Like he waddles. He, he really he waddles does. in with flowers. Daisies in hand. Smile on his kind looking face. He
0: does have such a kind face. And then
1: he loudly sneed, sneezes. And then Prue hides her laugh behind her embroidery and Philippa just looks on. And daisies symbolize like innocence and purity. Yeah. And also childbirth and motherhood and new beginnings. So we'll, is that foreshadowing something? Maybe. Or not? Or yeah. But we'll see. We never know. And then they think Mr. Finch is there for Marina, but he's looking for Miss Featherington. Like, everyone is surprised. Yeah. Like, Philippa slowly turns her head to him, like, what?
0: Yeah.
1: And then Lord Featherington, Me? like, looks from Finch to Philippa. Yeah. It's like, huh? Yeah. And Lady Featherington asks, Miss Philippa Featherington? Like, you can tell that's probably the only person that came that called for, on any, her... for any Featherington. Yeah, yeah they so used to everybody coming from Marina. Right, right. And then Finch nervously nods, yes. Then we see Pooh irritated. She looks so pissed. That her younger sister got yeah. a call. And Philippa just... Lights up, right? Aww. Yeah. And then Philippa, she gets off the settee, walks to Curtsy with her arms wide open. Yeah. It's just so cute. Accepts the bouquet and she sweetly says, Thank you, sir. Yeah. That was so, she's so
0: cute. Yeah, and I love that in the promo thing, Prue was like, oh, and I was so jealous. And then um, Philip was like, yeah, because I'm not going to be on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're so funny. But earlier in that scene, right before um, Mr. Finch comes, um, I'm not sure if you heard, but uh, Lady Featherington's like, oh, my nerves. And it just reminded me of... Um, Pride and Prejudice. Oh, the, the mom! The mom, how she's just like you don't care about my nerves, you <laughs> yeah. know. So I love that, and we said that before because remember you were like, "Oh, I imagined her being like Violet." I was like, "No, I imagine her being like Lady Featherington." That's right. Yeah, yeah. So when she said that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love it!"
1: It's like the little things you have to go back and rewind, yeah, and yeah. especially with the Featheringtons too. Yeah. <laughs> And then we go into shopping about town with Peneloise. <coughs> and there in front of this booth, Eloise picks up a feather and says she never understood and questions bringing more attention to oneself by wearing feathers in her hair to look like a bird squawking for a man's attention in some bizarre ritual. Like feathers in, feathers in the hair, though, it signifies they're they're available
0: right right so
1: of course she's gonna have a problem with that
0: yeah and the night before everyone was at the bird ball you know and and queen charlotte specifically wanted girls to put feathers ostrich feathers in their hairs when they are being presented at court you know so like i love that they kind of like full circled that
1: and then penelope asked why they're looking and eloise just wanted to get away from the cooing in Bridgerton House about the male birds after Daphne,
0: yeah,
1: um, Penelope asks if Daphne and the Prince are courting, and Eloise tells her like she wishes she didn't get engaged, or else all the attention is gonna turn to Eloise. Eloise. Yeah, it- it's so sad to hear, but and then we understand Eloise wishes that Daphne stays on the shelf forever. Yeah, and for. Th- and on the shelf means a spinster. Yeah.
0: Like 25. <laughs> Shit. I'm like on the shelf twice over now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Almost. No, no. Almost. You have a good decade.
1: <laughs> and then Eloise asks, why must our options be to squawk and settle or to never leave the nest? What if I want to fly? Be free. Uh, yes. Do what she like." Like not parade around for others but to parade around for herself. Right. Because Eloise wants options. Right. Which is not just marriage or be a spinster.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: Um, and then Eloise says Lady Whistledown is flying up in the sky. A brilliant woman of business who fools the entire ton whilst pocketing their money. Imagine the life she must lead, independence. And Penn is amused at what Eloise Fairy. has imagined. For Lady Whistledown's life. Then Penn chuckles and gladly listens as Eloise suggests they need to meet her to get her secrets on how to avoid such a wretched, uninteresting fate.
0: Yeah.
1: And they just want the secrets, not of the ton, of course, but how to become independent like her. Eloise says what she thinks of marriage, wretched and interesting, but right. probably stems from like the more common knowledge that marriage is not for love. Right. That's why she has a problem with that. Right. And Which is a marriage Daphne is seeking. Right. I think yeah. that's why she's like, pessimistic about the whole marriage thing, right?
0: Yeah, and I love that she's like... I know Lady Whistledown is not on the edge of the ballroom waiting for some guy to come ask her dance. And I was just, like, oh, she's working. if you only knew... <laughs> They
1: just joke about being the cleverest ladies of the ton and only they could find out who Lady Whistledown is. Yeah. But although they are spending time with each other now, Penn mentions that she can investigate outside of her squawking duties if she can get out of the events. Right. And free up her time. Which foreshadows Eloise's upcoming mission. Yeah. Kind of just by herself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then Eloise's solution is to tell Lady Featherington she caught Marina's illness. <laughs> and Penn was like ah yeah. She looks at her thinking no nope, no nope, no nope, no. Nope. Eloise asks if Marina's recovering, and Penn's like, yes yeah, she is, but she doesn't want to leave her alone by herself it's when her she's at ball. events, yeah. and she just wants to be supportive of her, especially when because she knows like what the illness means.
0: Yeah, and honestly, if she just sat this ball out a lot of the, the things that happen later in the episode wouldn't be happening yeah. If she, yeah.
1: Then Eloise decides on the new kill she'll buy when writing her list of suspects. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the boxing exhibition. We see this poster that says the battle today is between Will Monerick, known as the Iron Fist, and Billy Gillespie, known as the Irish Giant. Mm. with the illustration of two men with their dukes up yeah and then anthony and daphne walks into the boxing room arm in arm while people are betting looking for seats conversing daphne mentions mama will have words if she'll find out that daphne is at a boxing match yeah and anthony is like don't worry about it she's gonna scold me more than you like, they bring that up because gently bred ladies do not go into anywhere where it's brutal. They're not really even allowed to go to a family member's, like, funeral, too. It's, like, Yeah. that... It's very that, restricted.
0: Yeah. Balls and balls. That's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anthony spots Prince Frederick talking to Boxer Gillespie and leaves her as the prince walks to Daphne and kisses her hand. And we find out that the prince asks Anthony to bring uh, Daphne, yeah. which is weird, to the match so they can spend time together, but still surprised that Anthony actually brought her
0: to yeah. a brutal event. And, he- and this just shows that this guy does not give a shit about, like what society expects. Yeah, he doesn't care about the norms. He just wants to be with this girl. And what girl doesn't want that, right? What girl doesn't want a guy to be like, I don't care if that's what the rules are. I want her here. I want her next to me. I want her near me. Especially a prince. (laughs) If you want a prince. Uh, Yeah. Well, any guy that you want. uh, He's super handsome, too. And he's so kind and genuine. And
1: patient with her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: And Daphne just jokes it off, though, that women do attend brutal events in the form of silk shortages at the fights.
0: <laughs> Catfights. Yes. Right?
1: And the prince moves into place to escort Daphne to their seats and then Daphne's face just drops Crumbles. from smiling to shock when she turns her head and sees Simon talking to Will with Benedict, Colin and Lord Featherington conversing near them. Yeah. Daphne is, like, distracted long enough for the prince to call her name, bringing her attention back to him. Who's looking delighted, and they just go and find their seats.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the thing, right? Like, she was the only girl that was not, like, fawning over him and, like, kissing his toes every time he walked by, right? So, like... Maybe yeah. he
1: likes the uh, play
0: hard to get. Yeah. Kind of yeah, for sure. Cuz
1: even when he did get to talk to her, she was like, "Oh, I got to go there." Yeah, go make Yeah,
0: go go talk to your fans, you know. And I mean, I'm sure a big part of it is Queen Charlotte's up his ass about it, <laughs> but then he always had a fascination with her, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Even when he knew like he she might be besotted with somebody right, else. Right, right. He kept his distance but he still wanted to talk to her. He still
0: kept staring at yeah. her and like anytime she entered the room, like he didn't care who he was talking to. If you can if you see in the background, he's immediately looking at her. Yeah.
1: Oh. Then Lord Fretherington asks Will about training the Duke and Simon playfully jokes about his boxing skills as a pupil. Well Will mentions he's being humble to suggest to take his lead By wagering on him for a win And Simon turns and his smile drops When he sees a smiling Daphne across the boxing ring On the arm of a smiling prince
0: I thought his
1: face It's so different He's so hurt He's so hurt Like Simon was just as distracted as Daphne earlier Right. And he needed to be brought back into the conversation by Will repeatedly calling out Hastings. Yeah. And Lord Featherington, he's such an ass, he's like, he's betting on Gillespie because that's a prince's man and right. his pick. Yeah. And I mean, like, you're either going to pick one or the other, prince right. or the duke. And we know how Lord Featherington is with his wagerings. <laughs> yeah. And then Simon looks back to the ring then laughing Daphne turns stops smiling As Simon stares at her
0: Then the match begins They have like the longing in both of their faces
1: yeah. Can't help it, it's fresh It's, so, it's too fresh what to happened. Yeah. And then Will and Gillespie starts fighting The crowd is cheering, cringing Exclaiming, yeah. commenting And then Will hits Gillespie Daphne gasps And he assures her that Gillespie Is made of sterner stuff And the prince cheers. Then we hear Simon start cheering for Will. And here we see Simon stripping for all of us Mm. out of his coat. And Daphne begins watching arm porn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Simon is in slow motion rolling up his sleeves while gesturing and yelling at Will. Daphne just seems focused on uh, Simon's strong arms and veins that lead to a body that she wants to see. And then Simon catches Daphne watching. She starts looking down and then she just cringes, like inwardly. Yeah. Like, oh, I've been caught. I shouldn't be looking. And she, at the same time, remembers like, okay, this is what happened. These are the events. Why I'm mad at him. Right. I shouldn't be feeling this way,
0: and that's definitely mixed signals too. Like, we ain't nothing. You're a convenience, but I'm giving you these longing, hurt stares because you're with this other guy. You mm-hmm. know, so that's so that's why she was she doubled down and and then she gave this guy all of her attention.
1: Her attention went to the prince. She starts yeah. asking him about Prussia, and then the prince he mentions that he went to school in england and it's the best place to to raise a a family
0: family. which is what she wants she wants to stay close to her family she wants to have a family the importance of just that whole thing yeah and and like so like i said like he's literally serving her everything that she wants in a silver diamond encrusted platter
1: and then daphne smiles and turns away thinking like that's great this is just everything
0: I, I want. want. Yeah, she starts blushing a little bit. Yeah, and then um,
1: Simon watches Daphne and the Prince as they're laughing, and like the whites of his eyes are like red. Yeah, like with
0: emotion. You want, I, he looks like he was gonna cry.
1: Yeah. Oh, if he did, my goodness! I know. And then Daphne like looks at him, and this time he's the one who's looking down yeah. and away. Yeah, and then. He goes back to hyping Will his his little duty at that exhibition. Right, and then Daphne sees and she starts cheering on for Gillespie. Yeah, she's like,
0: give, like, give him a sir face face I love it. I mean, and you know what? Like that is so relatable. Yeah you want to
1: show that you're doing you're fine fine.
0: you're doing just fine you want to die inside you're gonna go home and cry (laughs) later but you're in front of him yeah i'm i'm just fine (laughs) i i look good the man next to me looks good you know like dead ass like single ladies right a man on my hip you know like like oh don't mind this dude all up on me you know you had a chance but he but you know you didn't put a ring on it so now i got this other guy looking i'm looking fine i look good He looked good. He's all up on me. So um, you have something to say? (laughs) (laughs) Like straight up single ladies, like the second (laughs) verse. I love it.
1: And then blows are continually being exchanged until Will is the one standing as the winner.
0: Yeah. And
1: then we see Lord Featherington ripping up his ticket, angry that he lost. The Bridgerton brothers are behind him, cheering for Will, Simon, arms crossed, and staring and at smiling Daphne, and disappointed Prince Friedrich, who is just clapping, like, you know, this is how it went. Yeah. You know, I lost, my man lost. Yeah, but he went. had,
0: like, such good humor about it, like, a, like a good disposition, like, even though he's, like, shucks, you know, and then... That's the, just how the, things the, go, the right? The diamond of, of the world standing, so he's like, oh, well, like, just such good... Like, you know, like, it's fine, not cranky about Mm -hmm. it, and and Daphne's, like, chuckling and laughing, like, oh, you suck, you know, like, (laughs) so, like, oh, poor you, you know, and Simon's just watching that whole thing, and once again, in the books, it always talks about how comfortable Daphne is with men, and she never has trouble talking to men, ever, and that just shows right there, like, she knew exactly what to do to kind of, like, lighten the mood, because she's dead-ass laughing at him, like, your guy just fell. Like, he's he, he lost. And then it got the prince to kind of be like, oh, well, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. And Simon's right. watching the whole thing.
1: The interaction. Like, oh. That's supposed to be
0: me. Yeah. Well, you, oh, that's your fault.
1: I did something bad. Yeah. You're the bad guy. And then we go into the Gentleman's Club where seven gentlemen are hounding Lord Featherington about their boxing wager. And he assures them that on his good name, he just needs two days to get the funds. Mm. Good name. Hmm. And then you hmm. see uh, Benedict sitting and reading the newspaper and here Sir Henry Granville ask for Benedict's opinion on a painting. Oh, shit. Benedict quickly looks, gets up, and starts apologizing while Granville oh is like still teasing him about the critique. Yeah. like Benedict's be just... He just wants to apologize, but Granville's like, it's not necessarily he enjoyed it, yeah. and he asks about Benedict's work, and Benedict's just stammering like, uh, it's kind of like non-existent
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and Granville he understands him what he's trying to say and he gives him his card invites him to his house to read his pieces not lacking in code and lacking inner life
0: yeah and so a lot of people are still very much so that benedict is bisexual Mm -hmm. where where do you stand with that i don't mind it yeah if they do
1: it they do it i actually like that idea though yeah because then again what um the producers and everyone wanted to do with this show inclusivity
0: yeah i feel like though with with benedict i feel like what they're gonna do with him is have him be a champion of a gay couple oh nice instead of you know but, I mean, even if he is bisexual or they were like, what if Sophie's a guy? What if Sophie turns into, like, ends up being a man? I'm completely okay with that as well, too. They do a man-on-man Cinderella. It's kind of cute. That's different. That's way different. I love it. I think where this is kind of going is that he's going to see unconventional love that uh, for the times, right? And then even, th- which will end up being very very relatable to his story because of social classes in his situation Mm -hmm. so i think he is going to form an attachment with granville but on like an artistic level on like like he sees that true love can happen and and he doesn't like how it's forbidden and that's where it continues to create his conflict in his head Oh. So that's kind of where I see where the story is kind of going. But, I mean, we'll see. But, yeah, everybody is like, we're here for a bisexual Benedict. Yeah, why not? Yeah. We'll see where the the story leads. But also, I think they're kind of playing into the fact that back then, that if you liked art, you were automatically gay. Right? So I think that they're kind of playing into that. Because even, you know, like, even growing up in high like late 1900, uh, 1900s, I'm not that old. Um, so the late <laughs> 1990s, like, people, like, boys in my school were afraid to go for what they consider girly Subjects? electives, oh. right? Like, home ec or art or anything like that. They would automatically go into auto shop, wood shop, metal shop, anything like that. And to me, where I would go to metal or wood shop, it's like, they're questioning my sexuality. And then, <laughs> and, and then even Yikes. when my, huh. like, this guy, I, I didn't have that many friends, but this guy that I, I we had this, like, weird connection. Um, he was like, I'm kind of afraid to take home ec, you know, like, because of the, the stigma that's behind it. Yeah. So he was like, he's like, will you take it with me in the summer when there's less people? So, it was like, we'll take it as a summer class. I told him, I was like, I already took home ec. I took home ec as a whole Asked semester elective already. Like, I don't need to go again. And he was like, please, like, let's go together. That way we could team up together, be in a... Because, like, they let you choose your teams and stuff like that. (laughs) And he was like, please, because he was so afraid of having that stigma that he was gay. When we went into the summer class, I took it again for the second time. <laughs> and, you know, as an Asian parent, you're not going to say no to your... your kid going your, to school. Kid going to, going to summer school. One, to learn to cook so you could be a fucking housewife. You know, they're not going to say no to that. So we went, and um, he was the only boy in the whole home ec thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so... Did they
1: think he was gay
0: then? Uh, some of the girls did. Really? Yeah. Huh.
1: You yeah. need to learn
0: but I mean that was way back that was then so so I think that they're just kind of playing into that a little bit but I could be wrong that's just in Benedict's book he's like he ends up like not giving shit about social classes he doesn't give a shit about the conventional so I think this is setting that up for him to be a champion of those things nice and finding not only purpose in his art but purpose for helping other people find happiness yeah so that's that's kind of where I think this storyline is going
1: oh yeah. I want both.
0: Yes. <laughs> a mixture of both. Yes, we'll see what they do. <laughs> I trust Shonda Land. I trust their vision. They always are very inclusive. We'll see where they go with us.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, everyone shit their pants when that whole preview came out with Granville. Oh, yeah. So, like, I <laughs> like, can't whoa. wait. Yeah, because you would never see that in a period drama. Yeah, it's, that's interested, right? Yeah, not only that, but it's just like it happened we have we have books that are in that period time period that are like i'm just marrying to have you know what what pairs yeah just to have heirs and um but we are that's the only time we're gonna like have sex one to consummate two because i need one heir exactly one heir (laughs) and then you do you and i'm gonna do me you know what i'm saying so
1: then we see anthony who walks in towards a sad and sitting Simon.
0: and just, Super broody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Super broody. And Anthony heard that he was leaving and indirectly apologizes for misjudging him and his honorable intentions with Daphne because she did end up catching a prince and not marrying him. Yeah. Because he knew he wasn't going to get married. Right. And he said maybe... In the future, they could laugh about how ridiculous his judgment was about him.
0: But... There uh, will be no laughing in (laughs) Simon's corner.
1: And then they just get into this friendly teasing about Anthony not wanting Simon to leave. Yeah. And then Prince Frederick walks to their table because he wants to talk to Anthony Uh. in private. And then the teasing smile is Gone. Because I not want to die. Yeah. It felt
0: so yeah, bad.
1: Everything drops. Yeah. His face drops and just turns. I don't want to look at this.
0: Yeah.
1: And Anthony talks with the prince across the room. And then we go into the Bridgerton drawing room. Colin and Gregory, they're boxing in the back. Benedict's legs are over, the arms of a chair sketching. Hyacinth yeah. walks towards the dessert table, picks up one, <laughs> and walks to the pianoforte where Daphne is playing. And talking to a very, very booby Violet.
0: Oh, my God. Her chi were, like, in I her know. throat. I was like, can I get that corset? <laughs> I know. Cow. Which one were you wearing that day? I'm like, wow. That one and then the wedding scene. Like, her tits were <laughs> <it was like laughs> spilling out. I was like, I want one. <laughs>
1: And then Violet's just scolding her about being at a barbaric event. Hi, Synth. She just wants information. Asked about the prince if he was there and she gets a happy response. She asks if the Duke was there and both Daphne and Violet like gives her this like what about the Duke response? Yeah. yeah. And Daphne lied about not seeing the Duke at the boxing match and like Violet is does not believe her. Yeah, for she a could second. tell. She could tell. Like, how can you not?
0: Violet's <laughs> like, Hmm. Sure,
1: sure. (laughs) And then we see Eloise looking at two servants and writing in her notebook. Mm. Hyacinth asks what she's writing and Eloise just pretends she's writing to Francesca about Hyacinth being a busybody. A
0: busybody.
1: (laughs) Hyacinth scoffs, unamused, and walks away. And Eloise goes back to her observations. Then Anthony walks in and tells Violet that her ad admonishments for bringing Daphne to a boxing match needs to wait. He has more important stuff to talk about. Right. Like he tells them that the prince asks for his permission to propose to Daphne, and like Daphne stops playing the piano for him.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Daphne and Violet are shocked. Mm -hmm. Anthony told the prince that he will not answer for his sister, which is I know better. Yeah. Which is very different.
0: He learned. Yes, he did.
1: Men can learn, guys. (laughs) Anthony informs her. Of what he thinks of the prince. He's a good man, but it's still her de- her decision. Daphne is speechless. Then She's stuttering, yeah. yeah. And then Violet sees and, like, just feels her indecision and assures Daphne has time to decide. Plus, they don't know each other very well, so, of course, like, she needs that time, too.
0: Yeah, because Violet says that you just, you must choose the one that's your dearest yeah. friend, and you know, um, Daphne, as soon as Anthony said that, she's like, so, so soon?
1: Daphne is just looking scared. And the scared look carries over to her room, where she's dressed and she's ready for a ball, looking in the mirror and touching the necklace that Prince Friedrich had given her.
0: Looking so forlorn, yeah. yeah.
1: And then we see Violet, she's leaning and watching her from like the sitting room entrance. And Violet walks towards Daphne and says... The necklace is lovely as if she and asks if she likes it. But what she's really saying is the Prince is like lovely. Prince?
0: Yeah.
1: But do you really like him? And then Violet mentions that Simon would get the wrong idea <laughs> if he yeah. sees her wearing the necklace at the ball and Daphne's like like she doesn't care what he thinks and right. Violet just wants to know what happened between them and still Daphne denies anything happened but she like angrily brushes her hair oh, yeah
0: she so, of course, so hurt
1: yeah. and then Violet insists that she knows Daphne and the looks she and the Duke were giving each other how they looked together how they looked comfortable together yeah. and Daphne says that she knows nothing, explains everything was a lie a ruse and her and Simon were pretending to attract more suitors and Daphne says that it was just an act. we got what we wanted, you did too I now have a prince.
0: Yeah, she like threw it back in her mom's face. And then
1: Violet explains, like, that's not what she wanted for her. She wanted to have the best, not in terms of rank, but love. Yeah. And that's why she was so confused because love was as clear as a promenade day with Simon.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And it's not clear. She's not seeing that with the prince. Right. And then Daphne shouts, Nothing was real, and on the verge of crying because she's. Sad. Nothing is real. Yeah. And then Daphne apologizes to Violet for lying. Daphne composes herself enough to comment that the necklace is beautiful, mm-hmm. and Violet just walks towards her and she just gives her a hug and a kiss. So yeah. Hopefully, her sadness melts away.
0: Yeah, and and like she knows and Daphne needed that. More. She needed comfort. She needed because she couldn't go to anybody about it. You know. Yeah. And so, like in that part where she's like we can stop pretending now, we can stop pretending because it was all a lie, you know, and you could tell, like, that was her, just her frustration with Simon, that everything that he did was, you know, and, not only that, but she fell for him, you know, and she thought that it was something, I mean, it was, but he just, you know, chickened out, and she doesn't know that, though, you know, she doesn't have experience with men, so she took everything that Simon said at face value, and you know, it's, tough and they did this very well because in the book they ended up telling Anthony very early on very early on that because yes. Anthony wanted to murder Simon so they told they ended up telling Anthony very early on that is that it was a ruse and that like her, the drawing room was full of callers she hasn't had callers in forever, and that's what their plan was for her to pretend to be for Simon to pretend to court her, and um, and he was like, "You're gonna break Mom's heart when she if she finds out." So she may, she must never find out. So I love that Anthony doesn't know, or they're alluding that Anthony doesn't know, because yeah. um, I, I mean earlier he was like, "Your intentions were honorable," you know. So it, maybe he did know, maybe he didn't know, but they didn't put it on film. But here. Where Anthony was like, "Mom, better not find out, cause she's she's gonna be heartbroken." And yeah. Violet was, but for her own daughter, yes, not because she's not gonna marry a duke. It was beautiful. It was like a very, it was a very touching scene. And then we go into the Hastings
1: house. First, see like this mantle clock with the angel being packed up. We see the other servants packing up things into crates, and Lady Danbury sarcastically and in her own ways he says that she'll miss him, and Simon <laughs> says he'll miss her too. Okay. And then Lady Danbury wonders like, where he's going. And she's like, it still doesn't matter that you won't tell me where you're going because he's just going to do the same thing he did the last time. Like, take everything he has for granted. Right. And then she says, the young man I have always take pride in raising well. I would have expected more. Then, she has the best speeches, yeah? Yeah. Gosh. Ahead, Especially, I mean, she I, with him needs to. He, he needs that. He needs to hear it, and he needs to hear it directly. Yeah, very bluntly. Yes, because that's just how the dad spoke to him too. Exactly. So it's like counteracting. Yep. But with better intention. Yeah. And then Simon looks away after being told like she expected more,
0: mm.
1: and Lady Danbury says more discernment, more understanding, more appreciation. And Simon tries to interrupt her, but like she just keeps going and says, he let go of that young lady, Daphne, as if she wasn't even special to him or that she is actually different from the rest of the ladies. He could see, she could see the difference. Then Lady Danbury says she understands if Simon sees love, devotion, affection, and attachment are trite and frivolous. Basically nonsense. Yeah. But those are actually the concepts that brought this huge social change into their world. Right. Because King George III fell in love with a possibly multiracial person, Queen Charlotte. Charlotte right. And it led to, like, this inclusivity and merging two separate societies. Right. And Lady Danbury's point was that the universal acknowledged concept that love conquers all. Yeah. And Simon is just listening to Lady Danbury while she's, like, looking at him directly. Like, he's not even really looking at her. No, he's, he's, yeah. And Simon is more pessimistic about these things, saying that what elevated can be suppressed the king can always just change his mind especially with the condition that he has right now and simon says he believes love changes nothing right Uh, and lady danbury just looks on sad sad in face by what he believes knows it's probably stemming from like his childhood before she got to him and taught him about everything that he knows now about love yeah yes And Simon just tells Lady Danbury that he's leaving. I will write to you. Bye-bye. And that's the only time he actually looks at her. And then looks away again, walks away, and Lady Danbury is just nodding and accepting this decision.
0: Yeah, and, you know, there's been multiple comments that they didn't like that they added the the whole racial part mm -hmm. into that. So they like that leading up to that point, that there was no comments about it because it was so normal. Like, it was just an accepted thing and everything like that. So they felt that that, those lines that Lady Danbury said were very unnecessary. Vanessa Riley, who is also an author, she was just recently on T and Strumpet's podcast, and she was like, you know what? She's like, I'm conflicted because... They should have just kept going like, you know, like, this is so normal. No one even talks about it anymore, you know? Yes. But um, she also knows that Shonda Rhimes plays the long game, you know? that that Those comments are in there for a reason, and we're going to see it come back up again later. So um, she, that's what she thinks. Personally, I think that those lines were brought up just for a parallel because it needed to set it up to where Simon says the king can change his mind. And that is a direct correlation to the fact that he thinks Daphne changed her mind on him. That she upgraded him, a black man, for a white prince. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I see. And, you know, Lady Whistledown was like, uh, uh, you know, like, she upgraded, like, um, surprising no one, because, you know, like, who doesn't want a prince? So I think that's what, even though... Maybe those comments were not necessary, but it needed to set up for him to be like, yeah, so what? Who cares? It, it means nothing. The, the king can change his mind at any time. Just like Daphne, those looks that he used to get from her, she's He's now giving to the prince. I think that that's why those lines were in there to show that this is also why he doesn't believe in love because um, it's so, it, it changed so fast that, and now everything that they shared, she's doing with the prince a white man oh so that's how i saw that Hmm. it's in
1: it's in that's how i just i just took it
0: yeah i mean i definitely think that they they did that to explain why there are you know this mixed race dukes and everything like that and even the modiste and everything like that and that this is so I think that, that they did that on purpose because they always said that they never did blind casting. They did a conscious casting because they were like, let's take the fact that if Queen Charlotte was black, she would want other black people to be successful and have the opportunities her. that right, she has. Right, and surrounding her. So so that, that's the world that they created. So th- I think that they just... I don't think it was a throwaway line, but I do agree with Vanessa Riley. I think that Shauna Rhymes plays a long game, you know? And then I also think that that was the wrong story to tell Simon because at that point, he felt that he got traded in for a white man. Ah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. But it does add to the drama, doesn't oh, it? Oh,
0: absolutely. I love it. <laughs> I love the drama.
1: And then we hear Lady Whistledown say... As we all know, there is nothing this author loves more than a scandal. And tonight's soiree promises more than its fair share. And you see the front of the Trouffage House, people arriving, two huge birdcage-shaped structures with performers inside. We have fire breathers, fire dancers... (laughs) very very different from other soirees that right, we've seen right we can tell because people are wearing like dark elements yeah. dark colors yeah. in their o-
0: outfits right which are usually reserved for mourning yeah. yeah so which you know they they said that technically she should be in mourning because Laura Trobidge just passed away you know it's true so it yeah. was it was kind of like it's not okay to have a ball. Like, these people are supposed to be mourning for, like, years. Years. There's rules. There's, there's, you have and to wear she should, black. She should be in a lot of black yeah. with a veil. Yes, yes. So, like, you're supposed to be in full black for a year, and then you can slowly wear, like, dark Great. grays, dark blues. So, I think that was their, like, way, like, we're kind of mourning. <laughs> All together now. We're kind of upset. A little bit.
1: Lady Whistledown says, courtesy of the recently widowed Lady Trowbridge, right, right? exactly, yeah. And then we assume it's Lady Trowbridge that we see smiling and staring at a footman with a tray as he walks away. Right. She's like, eyeing him. Yeah. And Lady Whistledown continues to say, some may call her celebrations too provocative, and I would caution any young lady from getting caught up in the sensual nature of her fets. Mm-hmm. And then we see frames of, like, sensual movements mm-hmm. from dancers, mm-hmm. performers. Some of them were men. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Lily Bissadunk says, For one scandalous move between an unwed couple, a wayward touch, or heaven forbid, a kiss, and a lot of foreshadowing. She says, would banish any young lady from society in a trail of ruin. Mm-hmm. And then we see the Featheringtons walk in the ballroom. Lady Featherington spots Lord Rutledge fibs about Marina wanting to converse with him. And he says he doesn't need her conversation. Just sees how she spins and then takes her hand and Pen is just giving her this, I am sorry, I will be here for you, look. Yeah. As Lord Rutledge whisks her away for a dance.
0: Show me your moves, girl.
1: Then Mr. Finch sneezes his way to a delighted Philippa yeah. and comments on her delectable frock of orange, almost the same shade of double Gloucester. I can't see that right. It's semi-hard cheese. It was served at a tea probably when he went to go call on her.
0: Yeah.
1: And they both say they love cheese. But Philippa says, Though I must say I do prefer a Stilton to a cheddar. So a stilton is a blue cheese. Oh, okay. So this is a very cheesy conversation. Yes.
0: I love the symbolism. It, it, I love yeah. that. The double <laughs> entendre
1: of that is so funny. And Penelope, she's just like amused. She's
0: like loves and it. Ha- yeah,
1: she does. Like happy for her sister. Hmm. Right? Two perfect souls. And then Prue is just on the side looking like sickened. His.
0: Like
1: this conversation is absurd.
0: <laughs> she Yeah. And I I love the promo video and she was like, You and Mr. Finch and she's like, Yeah. And he's like She's like, and what do you talk about? She's like, Cheese (laughs) She's like, That's the only thing that can come up in her little mind.
1: (laughs) And then Finch laughs, takes Philippa's hand and they go off, probably dancing. And then she looks back at her mama who looks so pleased and and hopeful. Yes. And she turns to Lord Featherington and they're like, oh, we might have two weddings this season. But Lord Featherington says, oh, I doubt that. (laughs) Which is foreshadowing. Foreshadow,
0: foreshadow, foreshadow.
1: Lady Featherington's face kind of just drops in confusion and surprise. He would say that kind of stuff. I'm like, like, what's going on? Yeah. Then we see frames of different areas of the soiree. And then Daphne is standing by herself looking around for something or someone. And then we see in rhymes
0: a- with diamond. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we see Prince Frederick's back, and Cressida comes over with her sneer, and she compliments Daphne, and she tells Daphne why couldn't she just choose somebody else? Cressida was just accusing Daphne of stealing the prince from her, and she's like, I knew her, ch- a- her one
0: chance of happiness. Yeah.
1: And she's like, I I knew the marriage market would make rivals of us, but I never thought you'd be capable of being my enemy. And that's what Eloise brings up in episode one, right? Mm -hmm. She's um, considered flawless in the diamond. Then she has all of these enemies. 200 women. Yeah. Daphne defends herself. She's like, what am I supposed to do? The prince made his choice. Right. And she was the one chosen. And then Cressa just looks like she got slapped on her face. Yeah, she's angry but sad, and mouth
0: ajar. Like, what the hell do I say to that? (laughs) Because it's true. It's so true. Like, what else can do? And the only reason why you even had a chance for a second was because it because Daphne was so obsessed with Simon for so long.
1: And then Daphne turns and finds Prince Friedrich, who turned from his conversation, and they just oogled. They smile and walk towards each other, and the prince compliments her and asks her. For a dance, as uh, Prince Friedrich is filling out his name on Daphne's dance card, she turns to watch an angry, sneering Cressida walk by. Yeah, and then Violet sees everything going down. And is probably remembering like what she just found out. Oh. Still can't believe Daphne and Simon were just pretending. And abruptly grabs a drink and
0: pounds it. <laughs> yeah, she does. I-, I think that she's just kind of like. Daphne is making a mistake because there is more s- more to yes. Simon and her but she's given up and uh, she's going after this guy who she doesn't love mm-hmm. And that's all Violet wants is her to be in love. Like yeah what she just what they talked yeah. about before right yeah uh,
1: And then we go back to the Hastings house Simon is walking down a hall and spots the intimacy inducing painting. Yeah. that he donated at Somerset House and his butler Jeffries reminds him upon his request and after a hard goal they finally got the painting back and the painting takes Simon back to memories of just him and Daphne looking at the painting and just grazing hands
0: can you believe how like how it was back then That that's the most intimate thing that they've done It causes him to reverse his action and, like, just be mad for her. Like, just obsessed with her, too. (laughs) Meanwhile, hand graze nowadays is like, uh, sanitizer? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Where's your gloves? No, I'm just kidding. And then we
1: follow Benedict as he goofily saunters... With a sketchbook in hand, yeah, to a house, and we find out it's Sir Henry Granville's house, who is kind of surprised that he actually showed up. Yeah, he brings Benedict into a room with live, naked models and people from different backgrounds already sketching. We hear the other artists mention a war abroad, they're probably just talking about Waterloo, which ended two years after mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. in 1815. And the artist, other artist is saying that Lady Whistledown is a distraction too to turn their eyes from the needs of ordinary people. They're probably talking about the ton, And it shows how privileged they are. And at the same time, you have this room where you have people who are a part of the ton, and then yeah. you have artists who are on... The other side, and you just it's a neutral, right, neutral space right, and
0: right. safe space.
1: Yes, yes. Benedict is just watching the conversation go down, walks over to Granville and sees like the non Somerset work that he's working on. Yeah. and Benedict is saying that he's jealous that he has this life, like it's this this non- Aristo- yeah, nothing that that's not connected to aristocracy, the rules, the restrictions and Granville says there are advantages of being second born which Benedict is yeah and basically you can do anything because they're unlikely to inherit heirs have the responsibility Mm -hmm. second sons have the fun but it foreshadows a possible happening also Mm -hmm. and he's like go have fun yeah go 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 and then Benedict walks to an empty sketching easel accepts a drag of a cigarette from his neighbor relaxes and just starts Sketching yeah. and trying something new, yeah, something that's possibly going to be hip. So. Yeah. Then we're back at the Tropech Ball. Sienna is performing in a duet in French. She says, "Belle nuit, ou nuit de mort. and if my French is correct, it means "beautiful night, night of love."
0: I actually <laughs> looked up the lyrics of the song. Really? Good. Yeah. Um, it's very relevant to how the night goes mm-hmm. so you are correct um lovely night oh night of love smile upon your our joys night much sweeter than the day oh beautiful night of love um, time flies by and carries away our tender caresses forever oh. time flies far from this happy oasis and does not return burning zephyrus embrace us with your caresses burning zephyrus give us your kisses your kisses your kisses lovely night oh night of love smile upon our joys night much sweeter than day oh beautiful night of love smile upon our joys night of love oh night of love perfect so relevant to how this night is about to go down (laughs) and we already saw the caress we saw the caress someone reimagining that caress already oh my god so 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 good everything they do there's so much reason behind it yeah i love it I we just have to look it up
1: (laughs) sienna keeps singing and the frame opens to see dancers and then anthony's profile who realizes a familiar voice he looks to the stage and sienna is singing and then she eyes him And she has a surprised look, and she continues singing, but her movements have frozen. Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember um, when we were doing the live tweet. Someone was like, "Why does Anthony look obsessed?" And Chris Van Dusen said, "That's what obsession looks like." Yeah, so good though. I know Anthony J Bay Chef's kisses, (laughs) so good because you can see it he is not even paying attention. He doesn't even care. He recognizes her voice and just instantly was just like... Zoned to her. Yeah, automatically. And his face isn't even like, oh, or like, oh, I miss you. It's like raw energy of like, I want to do very sexual things to you on that (laughs) stage immediately. Because she's like half dressed, right? She's in a lingerie and a wig.
1: Reminiscent of like what they used to do exactly
0: so he's just staring at her like oh and my-. he's still
1: longing for her And he's been thing.
0: longing for her she rejected him in the last episode
1: yeah and then Sienna remembers why he's bad news and starts looking away yeah and Violet sees Anthony staring at Sienna and quickly brings a potential prospect to him Miss Addington yes who is a niece of an earl And, like, Anthony is polite for a second, and then he starts turning back
0: to watch For, like, 0.3 seconds. (laughs) And then he turns back to her, and then you can see Sienna's kind of, like, losing it, too. Like, she's, like, looks at him with the same longing, because she does, she does super care for him. It's just that he rejected her, and she had to stand her ground, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, she just keeps looking back over at him. And Mm -hmm. Violet's, like disappointed. She's like, she's like, I oh, need man. another drink. <laughs> she keeps drinking some more. She, gets, she keeps pounding them drinks, man.
1: <laughs> and then Lady Featherington is telling Lady Trawbridge she has a striking taste and fires back nicely with what a compliment, Lady Featherington, especially from you. Then Prue brings a crying philippa to them.
0: Oh.
1: And then Lady Featherington brings both of them away and finds out that Philippa is not dancing with Mr. Finch. And he won't look at her because their papa had words with him. Philippa is sobbing and says she loves Mr. Finch. And Prudence is just like, not believing it, scoffs.
0: Yeah. Jealous. Yeah, she's so jealous. (laughs) She's like, "Oh, you lost your suitor? (laughs) (laughs) Aw.
1: You know. And then Lady Featherington beelines to an approaching Lord Featherington to find out like what had freaking happened. And Lady Featherington says they're perfect for each other. They love cheese. Yeah. And like no one else has actually come around. Yeah. Lord Featherington just says that then they shall wait until next season and that all daughters can wait until next season as far as he's concerned. Lord Featherington is saying this while well, we feel Lady Featherington's pr- frustration and pressure to get like their three daughters like wed. Because the more seasons that they're out, the lesser chance that they're going to get married. And right. their chances and prospects right now is
0: zero. Right. And not only that, but like the longer they've been on the market, the more the dowry has to be to yeah. try to convince. The a gentleman suitor, to, yeah, yeah, to be like, okay, look, <laughs> but what about this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of balance yeah, things out.
0: You might not like what you're looking at, but what about looking over here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Lord Featherington advises her not to embarrass him again tonight, then walks away. And like, we wonder why not Finch, wonder why not this season for uh, their daughters to get married. It's probably the same questions Lady Featherington has in her eyes. When he walks away.
0: When that happened, I instantaneously knew what happened. I was like, There's no dowry. But I felt like Finch would have married her regardless. But if he's a second son or third son, like he has no income, like he they need that dowry. Yes. You know? So
1: Or maybe he's like get someone who has money and hopefully they'll like
0: provide for them too. Yeah. So Yeah. Unfortunately a lot of gentlemen at that time had to marry for money they had to look for heiresses they had to you know like kind of like Burbrook was like I need Daphne whether it was for money or if it was because he needed to be elevated in the you know in the town whatever it happened to be like he was marrying her out of need you know and so that's what a lot of these gentlemen do and if Finch was like second third fourth fifth son with zero income of his own nothing entailed to him he needs a wife with money
1: the times, folks. yeah, I know. Back at Bridgerton House, Eloise is in a bedroom and brings out a hat box <laughs> and finds Lady Whistledown's old articles and wonders why. Then Mrs. Wilson the housekeeper, sees Eloise and asks why she's in her room. Eloise is caught and says Violet wanted her to count how many times Daphne and Prince Frederick are mentioned in Lady Whistledown. <laughs> oh wow yeah (laughs) and Wilson questions her because Violet is at a ball and notices that Violet is not even pleased with the prince so why would she ask that Eloise nervously chuckling quickly changes the subject asking why Wilson has all of the old articles of Lady Whistledown then Eloise says because she's a Bridgerton I'm the boss or I'm part of the boss and you need to answer my questions and then Wilson reminds Eloise that she wiped her bottom as a baby yeah. and deserves respect. Plus, she knows she's lying. So, mm-hmm. why is she snooping? Right. And Eloise thinks Wilson is Lady Whistledown. Mm. And Wilson just laughs and says, yeah. like,
0: she no chill laughs so hard.
1: Yeah, I'm like, you are supposed to be the smart one. Like what <laughs> is happening? And she's laughingly explaining that yeah, I'm a little whistled down in between all of my servant duties. I barely have free time yeah. to write these articles. And if I was making that kind of money, I wouldn't be working for you. Yeah, and Eloise is kinda like, oh yeah, nervously laughs, like, oh, okay, I angry. I, I see where you're coming from. Right. I understand your point. And even Wilson, she continues to laugh, then tells Eloise to get out. And then... She like
0: straightens her face and she's like, get out.
1: <laughs> Eloise just walks out knowing she is back to square one.
0: Yeah. And
1: then uh, back to the Trowbridge Ball, where we have couples dancing, then Penelope is looking and watching Lord Rutledge dancing with Marina, who doesn't look impressed with his moves, and we're just waiting for the song to end. Then Colin sneaks up behind Penn, and says, our host looks a bit fussy. <laughs> and they're talking about the baby boy in Lady Trowbridge's arms. And, you know, even though he's a baby, because he's a male, he is the one who inherits everything. Right,
0: right. So he's typically his ball. <laughs> <Yes>. Right.
1: <laughs> then Penn agrees with Colin that Lady Trowbridge was lucky to conceive with the old Earl, not just old in the other Earl, but old as an age Earl. <laughs> Like, right. he was old, and Penn observes that the baby looks like the young footman near Lady Trowbridge, and Colin compliments her on her joke, but is it really
0: a joke? Yeah. What a barb. <laughs> and I love yeah. that in in the books, Penelope says that in her first season, she was just really quiet and really reserved, and she was just the wallflower with no personality. She had a lot to say, but she couldn't formulate the words. Yes. The only person that she can do, the only man that she can do that with was Colin Bridgerton. And the only girl that she could do that was with Eloise Bridgerton. So to everyone else, even her sisters, she just was this, like, overweight wallflower with no personality. Yeah. Oh. I know. With blemishes, as she would like to say, too. Sports. Sports.
1: And then over here, when she's um talking to Colin, you can actually see her enamelled butterfly in her hair. Yeah, cute. Just looking for the butterflies and the bees. Yeah. And then Colin mentions that he wants he wanted to dance with Marina all night, and he actually does what Penelope suggested Marina needed, which was a rescuer from <gasps> Lord Rutledge, but. She didn't mean for Colin to be the rescuer. Yeah. And then she looks just so sad. and yeah, she's like, like he what a great idea.
0: Her. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't mean you. <laughs> stay here with me. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then the dance song ends. Marina is ready to just stop being in Lord Retlich's arms, who asked for another dance. And she's like reminding him, oh, it's very improper to have a third dance. And that's just how it is. Two dances maximum. Yeah. Third dances is like, oh, we're serious. Even married couples don't dance a third yeah, dance. Yeah,
0: like the third dance means like, scandalous. That means they mm. must be in love, which means that that is a scandal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then Lord Rutledge creepily says, while well, looking at her body... You need Ugh. not continue to, pro- to prove your virtue to me, my girl. There's other things a man looks for in a wife. Barf. Meaning child-bearing body or just young body, whichever it's like ill. Then Colin saves Marina from more body stares by asking for a dance. And then once they're far away from the spittle factory, Ugh. Colin spins Marina away and they spin gleefully around the dance floor.
0: Yeah, they, then, they both look so happy. Yeah,
1: even the prince notices and that Colin and Marina are enjoying themselves. And Daphne tells him like, oh, Colin certainly knows how to make things memorable."
0: Yeah,
1: like Colin is Facts. the charming one of the family. He knows how to make everybody feel better, everything f- fun. And then Prince Frederick says, "Perhaps he may do the same."
0: You know what? <laughs> I remember talking to plot trusts, and they were saying that colin was just so dumb if you go back to his book his biggest complaint was that he was an empty headed charmer Mm, so i think they're like playing into that to where he doesn't seem like there's a lot of depth and and that like you said he's just charming but that's about it yeah so they're kind of going with the book I love that. I I totally forgot about that until you said that right now. (laughs) That's kind of funny. I love (laughs) it. We're gonna come back with another like... I know. uh, Easter eggs. We forgot this and that. Hey Megan Lane, whenever
1: you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) We got more theories. Right. So the prince says perhaps he may do the same. Meaning a proposal. Which is obviously... Like the wrong time and wrong dance to propose because they can barely talk to each other. Right. Every time he needs to say something important, she has to be shifted off to Daphne somebody else. Daphne is running
0: away though. Yeah. She's like purposely like
1: like okay, let's switch right now. Yeah, hurry up. <laughs> Prince Frederick explains that he left Prussia to find someone to have a family with. Daphne gasps because she spots red-coated Simon. Yeah. And continues to look for him as she spins around and changes partners. Yeah. And then Prince Friedrich says, So I find myself with only one question to ask. The dance song ends. They curtsy, but Daphne says she needs a moment because she knows what's coming. She bails. She's not ready. She's not ready at all. Her feelings for Simon is there. It just came back from seeing him. And then Prince Frederick's face just drops. Like, oh, okay,
0: go go take your refresher. He's so kind, yeah. Um, Like, he was ready, too. Yeah, he was He was prepared. Um, And he's so nervous, right? And then to be like, okay, hold up. Yeah, 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 hold that thought. I just remember, um, I think it's a TikTok where it was, like, this girl, she was like, dear Lord, please, I'll take any man that you give me Um, I, I understand why he's in my life. Uh, any man, any man at all, you give him to me and I know, I know why you've given to me, him to me. And then it was like a guy says hi to her. She's like, Lord, let me tell you why he ain't the one. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's what had happened. (laughs) Let me tell you why he ain't the one. His name doesn't rhyme with diamond.
1: (laughs) Daphne walks away to have her little refresher. She walks by debutantes who are asking like are you engaged yet? Can you introduce me to the prince's brother? And she even bumps into Cressida who says do watch where you are flying angel.
0: Yeah, And then watches
1: bitch. Daphne leave the room. Daphne runs outside overwhelmed and anxious. She gets to a, like this ledge and Takes off this necklace the prince gave her, and she starts like relaxing immediately. Yeah,
0: because it's choking her. Because it's what Violet said. Violet said that if you're wearing that, that means something.
1: And we hear a magical sound. Simon,
0: Miss Bridgerton, Bridgerton."
1: (laughs) (laughs) and Daphne (laughs) turns around, and Daphne asks him like, "Why are you here? Like, why are you at this ball?" And Simon explains that he's there to say goodbye to her, and. Daphne is like, it's not necessary because we're not friends anyway. Never were. And she is like marrying the prince and she will be very happy. And Simon just sees through all of that.
0: Are you? But are you? (laughs) Will you be? What a jerk. And then
1: her face like changes. She asks why he thinks that she won't be happy But you can see that, like, the sadness in her face. And, like, she cares about what he's saying. Like, she cares why he would say that. Yeah. But she's like, I'm going to be a princess. Yeah. Yeah. She tells him, like, like the the prince is kind. He's a good man. He's going to be a wonderful father, like, everything that she wants. And then Simon, like, still questions if the prince is the best man for her. And then she gets angry because Simon has no right to question her choices. She doesn't question his life choices of being forlorn forlorn and alone, and she gets riled up, exclaiming he's perfect for her, and she will be a
0: princess.
1: (laughs) But she gets no reaction from Simon, other than, like, tension? Yeah, and I think it's part of his speech impediment, right? He doesn't know what to say, he wasn't prepared. He couldn't even stutter anything, like, not even a letter. And, like, he doesn't leave her alone so Daphne like trudges off to the garden
0: and leaves the necklace on the ledge, ledge. where the
1: necklace is we don't know folks
0: well okay wait on T and strumpets Vanessa Riley said someone slowed it down and you can see Daphne grabbing the necklace oh I tried to do that today yeah. and that did not work but the Netflix after th- show thing with David Spade and all of them she was asked what happened to the necklace and she was just like you know what I didn't even realize that it was left there until after filming and I'm convinced Cressida has it so so I don't think she grabbed it I think I'm, I'm not sure what that person because I was watching today that she didn't grab it because it wasn't on that higher ledge it was on the lower, lower ledge edge, yes yeah so um but on the Netflix after party, she said that she's convinced that Cressida has it. I don't think she grabbed it either. Me neither.
1: I, I remember going back because I wanted to know it's so expensive, like yeah. I wouldn't do that. And but that, that just yeah.
0: shows how much money that they have. That like, she just took off a billion dollar necklace and would rather run into the garden and, um, you know, whatever happens next, that's what she's wanting. Instead of this like billion dollar necklace that she's just like... She's like, okay, bye. Yeah. You know? So, like, that just shows you the money that they have, which I like that they did that. But, yeah, everyone's like, but the necklace. (laughs) And so she said it on the Netflix after party that she's convinced Cressida has it. Because (laughs) Cressida, well, we'll we'll, we'll get there. (laughs)
1: Daphne not only walks to the garden, she starts walking, speed walking, actually. Yeah. And then because Simon is honorable and a gentleman, he goes after Daphne.
0: Miss He's
1: <laughs> Miss 10. He's running at this point away from him. He just wants to bring her back indoors where it's safe and lit and she won't get into trouble. And Simon finally catches up with her, grabs her hand or her wrist, turns her around, and they're close enough to see like the want and the sexual oh, attention, God, in the desire. Each of those eyes, and they start kissing.
0: He, it's so fierce, and like for your first kiss, that is so aggressive. <laughs> and I am here for it. I, every time I watch it still yet, yeah, the hand holding and that part, I just squeal i love it because it's just like she doesn't even know what a kiss even feels like and she's just looking at him like please you know and and he just goes in he
1: dives and then she gets the passion that a lot of people want for their first whatever you know yeah Yeah. freaking lucky lady yeah oh yeah (laughs) yes And then they break apart long enough for Simon to give his sincere apology for kissing her. And Simon was going to say something else. And Daphne leans in. (laughs) Lunges. And then starts kissing him again. And then we get some ass and boob grabs. Neck kissing. Until Anthony shows up. In the book, actually, Daphne's boob comes out. Yeah. Before Anthony um, shows up.
0: Yeah. So. I think that they, they changed that because it is a little cringy to have your brother see your tit. Yeah.
1: It's,
0: it's I'm fine with like, that actual... I mean, I'm okay with it, but like, you know. No, like, I mean, like, the, with the change. Oh, I yeah, like oh, the yeah, change. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. No, I mean, because, like, as new, long as he touched the boot. New audiences would have been like, uh, uh, no, no, not yeah. today. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> that might have happened before, but we don't need to see it. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: But yeah, he was all up on her boobies. Yeah. I love it.
1: And then when Anthony arrives, he he runs and he's like, bastard! And punches Simon. Yeah. And tells him he needs to do the right thing and honorable things. So you're marrying American. her. Yeah. In the book, though, it was a little bit different. They tussled a little bit. And then, remember, Daphne ends up in the bush. Yeah. And she needs to get lifted off. Yeah. But here it's just Anthony punching him. Yeah. And um, he took it. Yes. He didn't even, like, put his arms up. He just took it, knowing he deserves it. Because Simon doesn't want to marry her, cannot marry her, Anthony's like, I demand satisfaction. He wants a duel, which is illegal, and he's doing it for Daphne's honor, for him, for the Bridgerton name. And Anthony says he needs to duel also because it's his fault for not seeing Simon more clearly because anthony always knew he was not gonna get married anthony knew him the longest
0: yeah
1: uh, but he didn't realize his friend would just go against everything that they had everything of their friendship and still not do anything honorable
0: anyone with eyes can see that they liked each other yeah so anthony was like okay cool you can get married now and and when simon was like nah <laughs> yeah
1: i'm like oh, my friend he is not the man i thought he was yeah
0: they looked both of them looked so shocked and daphne was like bro you'd rather die than marry me and mm-hmm. i remember that part in the book and it just hurts because she always felt that everyone just saw her as a bro yeah and not like as a as a beautiful woman so uh, and she
1: leaves i mean after simon agrees to meeting Anthony at dawn like she leaves that place like looking dazed and like wondering like why what is it about me
0: yeah like
1: again right like they had the their agreement like broken by him in front of Gunther's and she's probably questioning like what did I do and then she's doing it again yeah like second strike like you know what I mean this
0: happened we
1: just kissed and still rejected.
0: Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah,
1: and he's and not who, explaining. Also, that's y- even like worse. Yeah,
0: and who wants to know that a guy would rather die than be shackled to you? Yeah, that's that's so harsh. That's
1: that's. Uh, like, I would think the same thing too. Like, what the hell is yeah, wrong? Yeah, not me? not
0: only would that be. V- fucking hurtful coming from any guy let alone a guy that you're falling in love with you know if you were caught kissing some random dude and then he's like "Mm, nah i'd rather you know like that's still hurtful to your pride but you're kind of like whatever but like a guy just met the guy yeah or the girl yeah whatever oh my gosh i can't it's crazy Daphne is, like, looking
1: very dazed as Anthony brings her back into the ball. It's
0: like, we need to leave. Yeah.
1: Caressida has, like, this knowing look on her face. And we hear, like, Violet drunk and saying sham and pain.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Which, like, this whole thing, like, the situation was a sham. And it turned into pain for Daphne and Simon. And then Anthony tells Colin he's bringing Daphne home. She has a headache. And Cressida tells Daphne, who looks unwell, and says, Did you catch a chill in the garden? She's such a bitch. Which is an important interaction for later. Like, how did Cressida know she went to the the garden? garden? Yeah, and Daphne is just numb. She doesn't say anything, and she just moves only when Anthony moves her along. Right. Then we're back at the Granville house, where benedict seems like he's the only guest left yeah. other than the nude models and then granville comments on his potential but benedict quickly shuts him down and then you can hear like the lack of confidence
0: yeah in his
1: voice like confidence and skill and then he has like insecurities too because it's not perfect right. if it's not perfect he doesn't want to produce that right. right he doesn't want to get critiques like the critiques he gave to granville yeah And then Granville just says to take the compliment because expectation and judgment stays in Mayfair. His house is a place to express and just be free. And Benedict is loving it. He's looking up at Granville in admiration that he lives freely, Benedict. He gets ready to leave, and Granville just lets him know that he is welcome anytime. <laughs> I think he's. People are looking at that scene and thinking, "Bye, right, right, right." But Benedict is. If he's not bye, he's just like,
0: "Wow, this guy. I want to b- live just yeah, like him." Yeah, I think. I think that's what it is. I think that people misunderstood that situation, or he is kind of like. Yeah. Like, I'm
1: interested yeah. in this guy. If I'm gonna branch out I might as well yeah. like see what this is about to.
0: Yeah. But Yeah. So I, yeah. I I like it. And you can't look at naked women all night and not feel some type of way already. You yeah. know, kinda like worked up already. So <laughs> you know.
1: And then we go into the Featherington house. Lady Featherington has had it with Lord Featherington. Yeah. She starts snooping in his study, looking for
0: anything and everything. Yeah, and you said it um, during the live tweet. You're like, "This is a mother that'll do anything for her daughter." Oh yeah! And everyone was like, "Yes,
1: <laughs> she, you can only push her so far. She's trying so hard, and
0: I, that's why we love she's- her." a little much yes but when we say people mean well she actually did she and all she cares about is her own daughters yes and getting them good we, matches yeah
1: and then we see marina in penelope's room mm-hmm. and she is beaming and explaining how colin was her hero he's and he's perfect, perfect. And she believes Colin is not like the other guys who plays games, and she thinks he will propose. Oh, God, my and then heart. Penelope is just trying not to cry because of her huge crush on Colin. See, she should have just stayed home. <laughs> Penelope just goes under her blanket like, okay, hopefully she goes away if I'm here looking yeah. tired and sleepy because like who wants to hear that kind of stuff
0: you know I've um, been in Penelope's position really it's not cute it's mm-hmm. very hurtful and then the other thing too is if you say anything about it then you're petty you know oh yeah you're hella. Like you petty. have to be
1: very mature just take
0: it just take it because if you're like you know I like him right anything else that you say after that is just pettiness yeah Oh, so awful. no win-win in that situation. No, it's not. Either you're a petty asshole or you're a hurt asshole. <laughs> you know, either <laughs> one is not fun.
1: Marina says that if she and Colin weds, then she'll be able to stay in town. And because Penelope and Eloise are best of friends, all three are basically sisters. And, you know, although Marina and Penelope has grown close in the time that she's been there, the last thing Penelope wants to hear is that she'll be connected to Colin via marriage,
0: In a not with her. Way, right. Yeah,
1: not with oh, her. God. And then Marina and we'll leaves be the room sisters. happily. <laughs> Whoa! I know. Uh, Marina leaves the room happily, and Pen just starts pacing and trying to calm her nerves and she hears tap 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 at the window yeah and she sees
0: Eloise outside her room and then you know not only is that the man of her you know who she we can see from day one that she's been longing and dreaming of him but also because Marina and her mother are trying to find a guy for her to trap you know it's it's not just a marriage thing it's to find someone to trap into a marriage so that she doesn't face scandal about the baby so that is even more so something you do not want for the guy that you care for or love and even even just a friend you still don't want that yes exactly so she's looking at it
1: as a guy she likes and as guy who she's friends with so
0: like double I mean I'm I'm stalling I don't want to hear this next part (laughs) but go ahead
1: Penelope meets Eloise downstairs outside and kindly tells her it's late but Eloise is thinking like a mile a minute and doesn't hear Penelope and the sweet Penelope she just lets her best friend talk on and on about her lady down theory until she finds another opening to tell Eloise they can talk tomorrow and Eloise is just going like Energizer Bunny doesn't hear Penelope until Penelope shouts she doesn't care there are other important problems real and mature problems and they have nothing to do with a silly writer Eloise is asking and you are so mature now and Penelope explains yeah I am of age I am out in society I have other problems bigger problems than what you're going through like my problem is getting married and then Eloise just claims like you don't want to get married then says she doesn't expect Eloise to understand because not everybody can be a pretty Bridgerton oof then says she doesn't expect Eloise to understand because not everybody can be a pretty Bridgerton. Oof. And, like, because, like, looks help a Everything. lot in the marriage market. And Pen does not have the ideal debutante look or look in general. So she has more worries, too to think about. Yeah,
0: and Eloise, her whole not wanting to get married thing is an Eloise thing. It's never been a Penelope thing. Penelope does, but Penelope does to one very specific person Person. to where... So that's why, you know, she's not interested in other gentlemen and then she can't tell Eloise, like, I got a boner for your brother. So (laughs) it seems like they want the same things and, you know, just basically Penelope just heard that that her cousin wants to trap the man that she loves and here Eloise all she cares about is Lady Whistledown which Penelope kinda you know knows yeah. who Lady Whistledown is so she's like I don't care about your problems yeah. like get out of here like people have real problems and at that time even though what Penelope said was very hurtful Penelope did have a very big problem at that time mm-hmm. that is something that's if indeed she is fifteen years old, that's hard.
1: Yeah,
0: for a 15 young, to 17, young woman, fifteen yeah. to seventeen years old. Imagine the guy that you've been in love with forever, and then your cousin's about to trap his ass. Yeah, that's a lot. Like
1: remember when we were angsty teenagers, and yeah. then having to Where feel everything all was of that. So
0: like everything was the literal end of the world, <laughs> and <laughs> and everybody us. is against you. Everyone. You, 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 especially you, you know, and now you, you pretty Bridgerton, you know. And
1: And Penelope was just trying to, like, calmly say, okay, can we just hold up until tomorrow? Yeah,
0: And, you know, in in the promo, Eloise was like, yeah, she just, you know, Eloise just doesn't know when to stop. (laughs) She doesn't, she doesn't get it. And, um, yeah, and Eloise was really hurt by that. Yeah.
1: She walks away, like right away, to Penelope kind changes her tone. Like, she wants to apologize, yeah. but Eloise just didn't want to hear it and leaves.
0: Yeah, goes back home because she shouldn't
1: be there anyway. Yeah. It is nighttime. Yeah, it's real Let, dark. Let's put that out there. Yeah,
0: but like the thing is, like with your best friend, you a part of the reason why you're so close is because you want the same things. And then she just basically found out that I don't know my best friend. Yeah. And, yeah. and she's holding my looks against me, yeah. you know, and, and th- they just went on this walk, like, like having pretty hair an accomplishment, you know, yeah. and but well, she hates that. She doesn't want to be pretty. She wants to be smart and knowledgeable and go to college. So like everything. So to hear her best friend be like, you're a pretty Bridgerton is harsh. And like you said, during the live tweet, a fight only t- true best friends can have and recover yes. from.
1: Yes. Yeah. But not, not today.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> We're back at the Bridgerton house. Daphne and Anthony arrives and he assures her he doesn't blame her for what happened in the garden. Mm. And Daphne tells him not to treat her like a child. She was just as much to blame as Simon. But Anthony blames himself because he knows Simon's nature from the beginning. Mm. And Daphne says, just because I'm a woman... I am capable of making my own choices. If he truly cares about Daphne being dishonored, then he wouldn't have to do something stupid like dueling. She feels he's only doing it to make him feel better about letting the garden thing happen. So it's just to clear his conscience, essentially. Yeah, and it's true. But he didn't really let the garden groping happen. You know, Daphne's point is to say that she chose it. Her and Simon right. chose both chose to let that happen. Um, then Daphne says she can live with the fact that the garden groping happened, but not a death happening due to her choices. Yeah. And then Anthony a lot. Yeah. <sighs> oh. I know. And then Anthony tells her the duel is for her and for their sisters whose futures will be affected if A duel doesn't happen or a marriage doesn't happen. It has to be one or the other.
0: Right. Which is true Uh, as well.
1: Yeah. Benedict walks in and asks what happened. Anthony hauls him into his study and slams the door. Daphne's face. And then Anthony explains to Benedict what happens including the passing of the estate and title if he gets killed if Anthony kills Hastings Anthony will have to leave the country because it is illegal like if they found out somebody died and it leads to a duel somebody's gonna get arrested you know
0: mm-hmm. uh, so
1: the only choice is to flee And um, but Benedict you know he you can tell that he doesn't want it and he's not ready for it plus he just found out something that he potentially wants to explore or some place he wants to yeah, explore yeah he to. just is
0: on this high of like second sons have the fun and then he comes home he's like oh you about to be first son you know yeah. like <laughs> like <laughs> are you about to be the only like uh, older brother you know
1: <laughs> i know it's like his dreams <laughs> He's like, Freg. Oh, no. Yeah, but
0: he takes it so, so like, she He understands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and then they both hear chuckling and find uh, Colin holding onto a drunk <laughs> Violet.
0: She's so... <laughs> she's, her children just pissed her off tonight.
1: And then she's like, I'm sober enough to know when you're being impertinent, meaning nothing can get by her, even if she's drunk. Right. And then she walks up the stairs. And then chuckling, Colin turns to find serious faces on Anthony and Benedict's faces and wonders, who Who died? died. And Anthony signals to get into the room with his head. (laughs) (laughs) Get in here. (laughs) And then we go into the gym. Will hears clattering downstairs and finds Simon looking for alcohol. And Will gets his good brandy out and Simon informs Will that plans have changed and he is dueling Anthony and then both have like this grave look on their face yeah. with the understanding that somebody's gonna die or possibly yeah. die yeah Simon says there is no way to just apologize and ask for forgiveness when it comes to Anthony's sister and that's how bad the situation is because yeah. Will needed to know like I needed to understand what why. Happened, why would right. your friend... And then Will is like, okay, I'm going to be your second. And there's no way you're going to change my mind. Yeah. And like we've mentioned, right? The person who inspired Will's character, Bill Richmond, he was hired to be seconds for duels. And then we go into Anthony's study, where the frame is panning from a portrait, probably, of Edmund. Mm-hmm. And we see Anthony just sitting thinking nervous and fussing with his pocket watch and it's almost midnight he finishes his drink and sees him pounding on sienna's door
0: genevieve's door
1: genevieve oh yeah that's true it's yeah she's staying at genevieve's place still yet sienna opens the door she's angry that he's there and then anthony tells her he understands why he they can't be together but what if there was this other world what if there was this other situation where they can be and sienna is just saddened when she finds out that anthony is going to be in a duel for an affair of honor yeah and then she is more inclined to just listen to him say that if he survives then they can be free from the confining rules and they can just live together be together anywhere Anthony thinks that Sienna's silence means like she doesn't care like fuck off yeah no just go away but once he turns to leave Sienna grabs him and then they have a very passionate night together
0: yeah
1: and then we're back at the Featherington house. Lord Featherington is in his dark study and lights a candle. He turns towards his desk to find an angry, angry lady terrifying. Featherington.
0: Fucking terrified.
1: Who makes sure he keeps quiet while she tells him that she knows about his gambling and debts and losing their daughter's dowries. And like with no dowries they have no chance of no marrying. nothing. And then Lady Featherington even figures out that he owes Marina's father, and that is why they cannot just send her back to the country with
0: her situation. Yeah, so the question here is, is Marina's father a distant relative after all? Or is it just someone that he owed money to, so he said that it was a distant relative? Yeah. What do you think?
1: Because of what we learned in an audition tape, last episode.
0: Yes. It is not a distant cousin. Yes. But we'll see how much yeah. they change that. In the books, says they have one distant uncle. We never hear who Marina's father's name is, but she does mention in the book she, that they have one distant uncle named Uncle John. And if plot trysts mm theory is true, yeah. this is how they can work this John situation into into the picture. Yeah. Without having to introduce too
1: many new characters. Right. So good though. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Lady Featherington also figures out that's why Lord Featherington like had words with Mr Finch. There is no yeah. diary. And Lady <laughs> Featherington asks like what he's going to do about it.
0: And he starts sobbing. And oh my gosh. <laughs> when we were watching this together, so I watched it a couple times already and then I watched it with my boyfriend. So me and you watched it with him up to end of episode three, Mm -hmm. right? So we didn't watch this one so this one was like two or three weeks later when we had time to sit down and watch it together because I already watched it and he was like, what a little bitch. I was like, damn! (laughs) And he was like he should um, do whatever it takes to take care of his daughters. He's like, and this is his fault and now he's going to cry? What a fucking bitch. I was like uh, babe relax <laughs> holy sh- are you do you need a minute he's like no this is very triggering for me i was like okay let's fast forward this is only a small scene and then <laughs> he was so triggered i was like holy shit but it's true i mean that's you know fathers th- and back especially back then mm-hmm. you had to produce an air which they did not and then set up dowries for the daughters. Like, that's literally the biggest thing. Yeah, part of me,
1: and he yeah. messed that up.
0: And if they marry well, then it would fix
1: everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as Lord Featherington is sobbing, Lady Featherington is not expecting that at all.
0: She's like, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 bro. <laughs> He says he has failed his family and he doesn't know what to do, and then goes over and hugs Lady Featherington, and she's like, "Ah." Uh,
0: yeah, no. When he was way like, "What do I do next?" When he was like, "I don't know what to do," and like Karma was like, "Quit being a little bitch." I was like, "God, can you just shut up?" So <laughs> Lady Featherington just ends up just
1: patting him yeah, with like, her hand, an like an
0: avocado. Like this is all I can do right now. Yeah.
1: I didn't know what to do too. This is new. Yeah, seriously. It turns to Dawn, and Anthony puts on his clothes and kisses Yana goodbye, and he leaves her room, and she opens her eyes. She was awake the whole time. Yeah. And then we see the men riding to the dueling spot. Daphne is pacing in her room, worried. She goes to Anthony's study where she finds Colin and asks for the location to prevent the duel from happening. And Colin is just trying to reason with her that it's for her honor and the men will do their duty and aim wide because it's what they're supposed to do as gentlemen. And Daphne's like, that's not what's going to happen. She believes in the looks in their eyes earlier and it looks like they want blood. And Daphne is just frustrated and tells Colin that she's tired of hearing that she should not think of weighty affairs. But this affair concerns her. It concerns her future. It concerns the family. Colin mentions that she should be glad that no one saw them. It triggers a memory. Earlier, Cressida Mm. makes this comment. um, I hate that bitch. Daphne realizes that they have been seen. And it's more imperative now that she stops the freaking duel. And then Anthony and Benedict arrive at the site. They pay the surgeon, who is usually present for duels. Like, they pay him to keep quiet and to do his duty if something happens. Benedict asks the doctor where Anthony should aim because he just means to wound his opponent yeah, and then the surgeon just thinks like he is foolish or you are the king's finest marksman and the thing is with older pistols they are not calibrated well like how guns are calibrated now Yeah. so you could be aiming one way but the bullet is gonna go like deep left or deep right so like it shows how stupid this whole thing is how stupid you are to think like you can just wound somebody yeah um and then and a lot of
0: the wounds usually are by accident by by the whole far yeah. left thing yeah
1: yes yeah and then we see Simon and Will arrive and Anthony instructs the last task to Benedict then he gives him the pocket watch the heirloom that oh is passed on from the father to the one who's gonna take over the vacancy. the vacancy. yeah Benedict is just so sad but he understands. What's sad in that scene, too, is like he just wants to say more, but all he could get to Anthony was brother. Yeah. And then we see Daphne and Colin racing to the site. Will, as the second he inspects the pistols to make sure everything is okay, working, whatever. And Simon tries to apologize to Anthony, but he's just, he's not for it. He just doesn't care at that point. And the men. Anthony and Simon have their butts together.
0: Mm-hmm. They- God, that that the like their back-to-back profile thing, so sexy. I know they're about to kill each other, but like I was like, God damn.
1: <laughs> Two hot men together. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. And then they take their 10 paces and they turn, and Simon just extends his arm up to the sky, and Anthony extends his arm towards simon yeah but no one shoots right away yeah and then anthony is like hesitating and he is shaking badly yeah so
0: i think that they did a really great job of showing that both men have this weird relationship with death and that they were both in the book simon's like this is a good age to die i'm fine you know, I met Daphne, my vows going to come true, I'm not going to get married, I'm not going to have kids. I'm okay with dying, you know. Yeah. And and then we also find out later that Anthony is the same way. He knows he's going to die before a certain age. And so both men are so comfortable with the thought of death that it's it's crazy. Like this watch that he rubs bare and looks at even in the middle of having sex, he gives it away to his brother because he was just so he just figured that was going to happen so i looked up um some dueling information and i hate this website's name but it's called the art of manliness.com <laughs> okay. and um it says man knowledge an affair of honor the duel oh. and it's super weird but i mean super crazy but if you scroll down and once it gets to like the weapons part look at the weapons. Doesn't that look shockingly familiar?
1: Yeah, I think they were actual dueling weapons yeah. just for dueling. Yeah.
0: So, dueling pistols were often smooth board pistols and usually fired quite large rounds. Calibers of 45, 50, or even 65 that, were in we're in common usage. That will fuck someone up real hard.
1: I've shot a 45. It is
0: freaking hard. Kicks. It kicks. So, that's probably that's where there's like a lot of room. For, of for air. Um, the pistols were made to exact specifications and were tested to ensure that they were as equal in performance and appearance as possible. A man's dueling pistols were a prized possession, an heirloom passed down from father to son. Whoa. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And then the most common characteristic of a duel between gentlemen was the presence of a second for both parties. The seconds were gentlemen chosen by the principal participants whose job it was to ensure that the duel was carried out under honorable conditions, on a proper field of honor, and with equally deadly weapons more importantly it was the seconds usually good friends of the participating parties who sought a peaceful resolution to the matter at hand in hopes of preventing bloodshed once the challenge to the duel was given several issues had to be settled before the matter could be resolved the challenger would first allow his foe the choice of weapons and conditions to Of combat and time would be set for the event. Seconds were responsible for locating a proper dueling ground, usually a remote area away from witnesses and law enforcement, since dueling remained technically illegal everywhere, though rarely persecuted. Duels were sometimes even fought on sandbars and rivers where the legal jurisdiction of the time couldn't touch. Was a little bit hazy. (laughs) Honor was not only given for showing up for the duel proper coolness and courage under fire was also required to uphold one's reputation a gentleman was not to show his fear if he stepped off the mark his second had the right to shoot him on the spot
1: whoa yeah i never knew that good to know you learn something every day isn't that crazy
0: like a 65 hole bruh. even if that grazes you that's it's taking something with it you, something's gonna get amputated. Yeah, it's gone. Especially during those times. That's why the doctor said that. He's like, "You really think you can aim properly with these yeah. guns? Are you the king's best marksman?" Yeah, absolutely. Is that good? Yeah, I mean Simon looks like he's good at everything. <laughs> <I'm
1: just kidding. laughs> so we see Anthony like shaking badly, and I guess he decides to shoot, and then. Daphne runs in the middle of the duel. Oh my God. But Anthony, like, early enough, sees. And he barely... Shoots wide. Shoots wide, yes. Yeah. And the men run to Daphne, who fell off her horse. She's like, I'm fine. do Like, I have other things to, yeah. I need to take care of yeah. right now.
0: So this whole duel how it's being done right now mm-hmm. is not what happened in the book. But Daphne does fall off her horse in a completely yes. separate yes. part of the book. So we actually don't get that later. So I, I like that they did it here. They actually did, yes. In Simon's face. Simon was the one who was actually screams out Daphne's names first. And like the fear, like his love was right there. It was so visible for mm-hmm. everyone to see. She's like, I need, I need to talk to him. You fucking idiot, I hate you. <laughs>
1: It was nice that Benedict was there because Anthony was like, you are not talking to him. And Benedict was like, just just briefly. Yes. Off on the side, Daphne explains to Simon that they were seen in the garden and she will be ruined if they don't get married. And Simon, like, finally, finally explains that he regards her highly and he explains that he can never give her children and she deserves everything her heart desires. And he can't provide any of that, anything that she wants. And he can't ask her to sacrifice those things for him either.
0: Yeah. He says it's so, so good. good. Yeah. And in, in
1: the book And it's... everything is just ask like doing it for her. Yeah. That's how much she
0: cares. Yeah. And in the book it's a little bit different. So I like that they changed it up. He was just kind of like, I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah. you know? And at some point she ends up even punching him, you know? So like like oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know, so I like how, that they changed this up a little bit.
1: And then Simon asked her to stand aside and just let Anthony finish his the job, the yeah. duty, the, the duel. And... Which is to kill him. Yes. Oh
0: yeah. my god, I can't. And Can then... you believe that he'd rather risk his life? Well, obviously because of his stupid fucking vow. Mm-hmm. But on top of it, because he's going to take his vow, doesn't want to ruin and shatter her dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So in a stupid roundabout male way, it made sense to him and it was sort of romantic.
1: But at the same time, Daphne is like, hold up, you are making assumptions. Yeah, yeah. And then she tells them, she and the Duke are to be married. There will be no Uh, duel. Yes. She's looking scared and worried and unsure, but she just keeps her eyes on Simon and everyone is just looking at Simon too and...
0: Simon's just staring back at Daphne. This is going to happen. Yeah. Just like the two ways that they were looking at each other. She's like, I'm saving your life. And he's looking at her like, I'm about to ruin her life. Aw. I know. But at the same
1: time, he's saving her reputation reputation also. And her family's reputation. reputation. Yeah. I like this because even if he has the strong conviction that he does not he's not gonna get married he's not gonna ruin her he still will do whatever he needs to do for
0: her yeah and we find out more in the next episode and we definitely will go into it but at this point he doesn't even think she cares for him that she even loves him he thinks that she's doing it out of honor for herself because she doesn't say anything to him about that. She doesn't like, I love you. She's not like, I was just fucking with a prince to make you mad. She didn't say any of that. She was just like, you need to marry me because my reputation is going to be ruined and my sister's. So at this point, he's looking at her like, I just ruined this girl's life because, because and she's doing this to save her reputation. He just thinks he's this unperfect, unlovable man. And oh gosh, it's just heartbreaking. Aww.
1: Especially like with her face
0: looking that way too, where she just looks stressed.
1: They ended the show with (sighs) both of them looking very unsure, very shocked. Yeah, Yeah. like and what a great
0: way to end, yeah, the episode. Yeah, and they're both looking at each other like, "I just ruined your life," and the other ones like, "I just ruined your life." Yeah, you know, (laughs) my heart. And yeah, Anthony, Benedict, and Colin are like, ooh. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great, great freaking episode. And this matches how we feel in the book about at the 50% mark, right? Or just kind of like, there comes the peak of the problem to where they're going to kind of resolve it and then get together, right? So this is actually kind of quite of a slow burn. And then we're going to get real burn the next one. <laughs> 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 we're going to get the Declaration of the Century in front of the Queen. We're here for it. We're going to go into that a little bit more. We are really, really excited to hear even more from the podcast of um, the official Bridgerton podcast with iHeartRadio. So we might Take a pause and just do an episode based on that alone if we find out a lot of information. Obviously, we're spending three, four, five hours on one episode, so we're covering a lot of information already. But even as avid readers, we read this book once a year and everything like that. As we're watching the episodes and doing homework, we're finding out a lot more about these things. So um, maybe we'll find out more, and we're really excited to cover it for you. And then maybe we'll just do a recap of some things that we missed in the last two episodes. We'll see where the where the road takes us February 18th. Um make sure that you guys tune in iHeartRadio Apple Podcast. They said it's going to be on every platform. So, it should be good. I'm really excited. If it's sponsored by iHeartRadio, that means iHeartRadio paid Shondaland and I am here for it. I'm here <laughs> to support that. I love that so much. Congratulations. All the freaking things. I love it. But yeah, if you're not following us, please follow us on Bridgerton 2000 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you like to email us. We love getting your pictures. We love um, hearing your stories. We love hearing that the things that we talk about make so much more sense now. And then we also love discussing theories with you guys. So email us at Bridgerton2000 at gmail.com. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for everything. We are still in shock that we charted on Apple Podcasts. We promise Mm -hmm. we'll... After we break down these episodes, the episodes will be a little bit shorter. Yeah, we hope. The fact that you guys are hanging on to this long, I, I like, there are no words. Like th- yes. I mean, obviously, I have words because this is all we do is talk. But, like, <laughs> we love you guys so, so much. And we appreciate you beyond words. Um, We do have some special giveaways coming up. And we're really excited to share that with you as a hu- big, huge, huge, huge thank you. Um, once we get to 10,000 followers, we'll have a pretty big giveaway to give away again. Yeah. We love you guys so much. Thank you. We will be back next week thank you bye bye